Hey, before we get into episode six with Jack Murphy, want to let you guys know Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform form competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as directly online through fortscottmunitions.com. Use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order only available for listeners to the Battleline podcast. Awesome for Christmas gifts for hunters in your life, people who like to go shooting in your life. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud sponsor of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline podcast. And as you always say, Chris, this is what you actually use on yeah. every Battleline Tactical course. We, we we definitely use it. It's it's consistency. When you come out, go out to the range, or you you shoot. Uh, with your hunter or, you know, God forbid you have to use it in a home defense situation, but you want consistency. You want something that works. And like you said, but I can't even re- reproduce your read. You're, you're awesome at that. <laughs> I mean, Casey Kasem's got nothing on you, brother. Thank you. But He's got experience. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> but, but you know, the consistency of it. And that's, that's what sold myself and Ben Morgan uh, and also Benny Glossop and, and all the other instructors that we have there at Battleline was it was consistent with with every trigger pull. Was, you're going to wherever you're aiming at, that's where it's going to go to, you know, fundamentals play into a lot of it, of course, when you're shooting. But but the, the round is not going to is not going to deviate from from round to round. And, and you have to have that consistency. And and also when it comes right down to it again, whatever I use or whatever, whoever backs me as far as a sponsor or backs battle line podcast, battle line tactical, the actual organization has to have integrity and that family there, the craft family. And we also forgot uh, uh, Robbie Forrester, who's the the VP over there, his family that runs about that runs a, uh, Fort Scott Munitions, they are, they're the top notch of just people. Whatever they say they're going to do, they stick to their word. And that has a lot to do with it, too. You can have the greatest product in the world, if you, but if you don't have integrity behind it, brother, I, I don't want it. I don't want nothing to do with it because that plays a lot of the role into, into not just what you're manufacturing, but just the type of person and type of people they are. And, and they are. They're, they're top notch people, and their product reflects that. So, yeah, definitely. And for home defense, I use my 9 mil. Uh, whether it's 115 grain or whether it's 80 grain, 88, I think it's 80 grain or 88 grain. Forgive me, Robbie out there. I know you're going to give me a phone call later for <laughs> messing that up, but um, it, it's some of the best home defense ammo that if you have to be in a situation where you have to defend your loved ones, have to defend, uh, have to defend yourself, have to defend an innocent, uh, God forbid it, you have to ever do that. But if you do, you want ammo that's, that's going to, that's going to uh, stop the threat immediately. And I, I can stand behind that. It would, it definitely would. Right on, man. Well, once again, fortscottmunitions.com, promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off any order, which they've been advertising the different tins they have, all different types of great stuff. So check it out. With that, let's get right into the episode. On the mic 
microphone's pure and uncensored American straight talk. Never quit. You're locked and loaded with Chris Peranto and Ian Scotto. This is the Battle Line Podcast. We're back, Battle Line Podcast, and I should say Chris is back because last episode you were doing some speaking engagements. You're you're always like all over the place between tactical I, training, I, speaking I engagements. Actually, this one I was in Kingman. I was teaching a wait, wait. It was a Wednesday. I was doing a speaking event. I was in Grand Island yeah. speaking for uh, BASF. The uh, uh, that have they help farmers uh, raise better crops, and awesome. it was a local BASF in Grand Island, Nebraska. So it was it was right down the road from my house. I just drove down there, did it, and drove back, and and then I had to fly to Kingman, Arizona, or, or Vegas, and then drive to Kingman, Arizona to do a, a teaching course. So I couldn't, we couldn't do it on Saturday either. So yeah, I'm a, I, but I'm home now for thirty days. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Hallelujah. this guy's schedule is is crazy. It's all over the place <laughs> in terms of like traveling for all this stuff. So <laughs> I get it, man. I'm glad that we're able to like make this work though regularly. Um, with that, a guy I have a lot of um experience with in the past. <laughs> Jack Murphy is in studio, and uh, I feel like a lot of this audience knows Jack. Of course, Jack is the author of Murphy's Law, and I'm I don't even remember the whole subtitle. Murphy's Law: My Life as a what is it? Uh, investigative in, in journalist, my, in special operations and investigative journalism, uh, some somewhere along those lines. On, on <laughs> Simon and Schuster, like <laughs> which you're in, uh, I would say you're in good company because you have like Howard Stern in there, but you also have Hillary Clinton now on Simon and Schuster with her new book. Oh man, there's there's all kinds of different people in different imprints. I mean, it, it was the same uh, office that was handling Milo, Milo Yiannopoulos's book. That's right. Until that all blew up. Um, yeah, and, uh, they did um, Sean Hannity. Uh, has a has a book coming through them. So, I mean, it's all over the place. Yeah, yeah, I feel like if you're a big name, they are just one of the imprints you go to. And the book has done great. Um, Jack is also now hosting the Team House live stream on YouTube with Dave Park. I got to be on for one episode, yeah. which was awesome. And uh, writing for Connecting Vets, which is through Entercom at ConnectingVets.Radio.Com. Kind of doing a lot of what you used to do in the past in terms of investigative pieces on veterans' issues. Just a a lot of um, day-to-day journalism, really, at that website. Um, They cover a lot of stuff on veterans' affairs, uh, VA issues, you know, stuff people need to know about, VA reform. Um, and I'm kind of the, I don't want to say the odd man out, but uh, I'm the guy that covers the national security stuff, I think, more often than not. But anyway, See, there, there are smart rangers out there, and usually they're not from third bat. So I don't know what happened there. That's I, just an anomaly. I, I'd, I'd like to, <laughs> I'd like to think I'm defying the the stigma that you know rangers you, can can you, both read and write. Uh, you, you, can... you are, brother. You're definitely you're definitely <laughs> doing that to the Fort Benning crew out there. I love my third bat knuckle draggers, but they are man. They're, they're <laughs> you, third bat is is the hard chargers out there, and and if you get up there a second bat. We're hard chargers too, but we also like to relax a little bit. Uh, way out in the northwest chris have you ever seen the uh all these like instagram memes that that guys make now about like about just like how bitter 375 guys are (laughs) if if you're on brotherhood of the scroll if you're on the bots and i know sometimes i i am and i I do love brotherhood scroll even though sometimes it could get a little too crazy a little too out there 
but great but you do you, but you, it, we all make fun everybody still makes fun of each other oh, I yeah. Mean, the, but yeah the craziness of just the the angry the angry guys that got stuck at third bat after rip or rasp they're so even though they pick second or first but dang it i gotta stay at fort benning and all of us gotta gotta jettison out of, out of there but there's other things that they, you know, the other memes that go out there that that uh, I think I think third bat guys get even, especially with second bat guys. They they definitely do on some of the memes that they put out there because we're in Seattle, so you can imagine this type of stuff that that second bat guys are are getting on the memes from third bat guys uh, being out there in the Northwest and in the in the dang in the dang Jerry Town, if you want to call it the hippie town out there. I, I mean, I, I, w- I wish I knew what you were talking about, Chris. Like, I, I genuinely <laughs> wish I knew what you were talking about. I was. This is this is my, how bad my luck is. I was, uh, you know, uh, uh, option forty contract, so I did basic training. Yep. Uh, airborne school and rip at Benning. Got assigned to three seven five at Benning. Went to Ranger School at Benning. Yeah, Went Benning. to Sniper School at Benning. <laughs> at Benning. <laughs> I had to I had to go to SFAS just to get off the off the freaking post. Oh, that's luckily luckily you you got to go to Fort Bragg. Outstanding. That's even yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's your vacation. <laughs> as you're you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, I I we you know it's it's awesome though because still. And over these last three years, what's awesome that I, and this is this is saying good things about Third Bat and every other all the all the rest of the Regiment Seventy Fifth is that I'll be honest out of everybody that I've worked with since I've got out of the military and it was before even when I was a contractor but in the civilian side the ones that are veterans that have not steered me wrong even though I, I get the hard truth from them every once in a while. The ones that I can still fully trust are fellow bat boys, seventy yeah. fifth guys, uh, and you know I've worked with Marines and SF, and and I've worked with other guys in the civilian sector since I got out because of thirteen hours and so forth, and it's always come back to the ones that always tell me tell me straight and also always are honest with me are guys from battalion, and I think that says a lot. I know I'm being I'm being a little bit biased here because I'm of course I'm a bat boy myself, but I, I honestly feel that that. That we're the standards are still being held up there, even though standards I think in other brands, and other brands are going to hate me for saying this, and that's fine. You, you hate Tano, join the club, <laughs> but um, they're going to hate me for saying this. But I do think that that battalion still still is doing its best in our politically correct universe to uphold hard standards, and and that's just my experience of the last four years. Jack, your experience could well, be completely I, different. No, I, that's I think, my I, I think you're right. I would just add to it. It's, it's uh, partly standards, but it's also like a very strong molding experience that yeah, that we yeah. all go through. And it creates this very strong affinity, I think, between guys who served in the Ranger Regiment. And, like, that's something that just kind of, like, sticks with you through life. So when you meet yeah. another guy who's from Ranger Battalion, it's like, whoa, what up, dog? It is. And, boy, we, but we'll eat our own if, if, if it's meant to be. If somebody is doing something wrong, believe me, I've, I've been told to told by fellow bat boys when I was messed up, hey, dude, you, you need to, you first of all, and beep this in if you no, need to fix yourself. There is nothing that I've ever <laughs> no, beeped on the show. Dude, I'm just playing. I'm <laughs> playing. But I get the, when it's, when it's minor stuff, it's unfuck yourself. When it's serious, it's ranger, you need to fix yourself. And that's when I, and I, that's, I'll get that. And I'll know that I'm, I'm over the line, especially if that's coming from a bat boy. And, and I, I admire that. I still, I still need that self-correcting uh, or I should say uh, 
battalion correcting uh, advice every once in a while from a fellow regiment or right. fellow guy you're, from uh, you're you're a more prudent man than I am Chris because <laughs> uh, I have I've worked on stories over the years that shall we say does not have the approval of the brotherhood uh, that's so right. I, I've, I've ran afoul of them uh, many a time but you know that that's kind of on my end I felt like I had things that needed to be said directly to the choir, and sometimes they don't want to hear that. But you well, I've, yeah, we've been there, brother. I've, I've seen them, and I know you and I have had discussions too. So, sure, but it's, sure. it's also still just discussions. It's not, man, that dude's a, just a dickhead. It could be for and not for life. It could be just for that day. Guy said Jack's a dickhead, <laughs> and then okay, we got our we're, we're squared away. Everything's good. Okay, we're cool again. But that's the thing is, is is I can do. I can just call. Hey, dude. You, you stepped over the line. You you, you yeah, really yeah. you really jacked this up, and, and it should be okay to say that too. You know, yeah, you should be yeah. able to to say yeah. like, "Hey, I disagree with what you're doing." Yeah, I, and if I could interject one thing, because I mean, I know specifically what you're talking about because we we lived in the same experience and everything, um, and we could kind of talk freely now because we're doing our own things at this point. Yeah. Anything that you, Jack, has ever written that you got shit for where they were like, oh, this guy is profiting off blah, 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 you always maintained where you said, hey, I get paid a salary no matter what. <laughs> I don't get paid per click, so I'm not doing a clickbait thing to get more people to view my story, and I can maintain that was always 100% true. You were not running your own business where you had to get advertisers on no. your own or anything like no. that, so – Anything that you wrote, whether people liked it or not, I always believed you had 100% integrity. I, I mean, I, I wrote it because I felt it was important. Um, and yeah, I mean, I was paid a salary like any you know normal yeah. journalist. Uh, you don't get a, you don't get a, a, a Christmas bonus because you bring the company a certain number of scalps, so to speak, right? Yeah. And a lot of people yeah, that, don't understand that actually writing controversial stories is, is detrimental business wise. And it makes advertisers very nervous. Yeah. So hey, you know what? But that's the hell with them. Do do what you do. Do yeah, what you're supposed yeah. to. Do what you feel yeah. right. You you and Marty and Luke Ryan over there. Oh, they're at, good guys. At, yeah. At Coffee or die. You mm -hmm. guys do, and you you may not all write about the same things. You may not all agree. Uh, your politics may be completely different, which sometimes they are. And I honestly, I give two shits about politics anyway. But your view. But you all write, and I love all three. All three yeah. of you guys write what, and you don't care what people say. You write what's on your mind. This is what the ring and and the thing that comes through with it is the Ranger standards, the seventy fifth standard. Whether you guys are right or wrong, or whether you agree with each other, and and this is all opinionated, being right or wrong, you still write with conviction that hey, you know what, this is what's going on. You don't like it? Here's the finger. I'm still gonna, but you, you guys do it in such a way where I could. You're more eloquent with giving the finger. Let's put it that way. You're, you're a lot better at it than I am. Yeah, I know. I know both Mar uh, Marty and Luke, and uh, they're both really good guys. Yeah, good ride. You know, you I, are, I like to see them out rangers. there. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely That's, have them on at some point. Yeah, you should. Luke is also you, living some like a little bit further upstate in New York, right? The last I knew, he was upstate. Yeah, yeah. So I I did contact him, and at some point, I want to get him on and get him in studio. Let, so. let me know when you do that because we can double team. That would be sick, and, and I can get him on ours also if you don't mind. Oh uh, yeah, if yeah. you don't, I, I don't mean to poach or anything. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying while no, we while we have no. him in the city, we should you know definitely. Uh, I fully agree. Yeah, no, I share we we share away share away uh, with with fellow Rangers. God, that sounded bad, didn't it? Uh, <laughs> that went the wrong way. Well, I, okay, I mean, never mind. Ian, Ian's, Ian's not even a Ranger. Me and him used to double up on the bowl. <laughs> we used to have sword fights. I mean, yeah, we're, we're tight like that. We're tight. That's a, I, maybe I'll even show up. We'll have a threesome. How about that? There you, you go. Are, out of your like mind. That, we play man. we play cross P. <laughs> you guys are nuts. I'm man. looking forward to it. Um, yeah. 
But you know what I was going to say before we get into actual topics of uh, substance? Because the main thing we do want to talk about You're saying this isn't substantive? This is very substantive. Is that what you're saying, Ian? Come on, Do you believe what he's saying, Chris? How dare you? How dare you? How dare you, Ian? You're cut off from the podcast. (laughs) You're done. (laughs) No, I... I, I, So the main thing that we're going to get into this podcast are the pardons by Trump over... I, I guess you could say at this point, alleged war crimes, uh, you know, and we'll get uh, well, into what those one are. One was convicted. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. One of them didn't even go to trial yet. We'll, right, we'll right. get into all that. Um, but as I mentioned the last time Chris was on, I do want to start getting into emails from the listeners. Um, and you could send those to battlelinepodcast at gmail.com. I will be honest. I have guest suggestions like nonstop. I, and, and we've been booking people like crazy. So it might be a while till we even get to those. So I kind of prefer questions. Uh, this is one that we got from Garamrit Singh. Hopefully I'm saying your name right. And I have a feeling I'm already going to know Chris's answer to this, but I will ask Uh-oh. it anyway. <laughs> so okay, tell me. he writes, Dear Battleline Podcast, this is a question for Chris. As Uh-oh. much as you hate Hillary Clinton for leaving <laughs> you and the other members to die in Benghazi, <laughs> do you think she could have been a better president than Donald Trump? Is she better suited to be president than Donald Trump? Sincerely, Gromert Singh. Yeah, okay, my my honestly, I, I don't I don't I did hate. Hate is hate something that you gotta let go. I and I hated for many years uh after I, I don't hate her. I, I don't have any feelings, period, at all. Um let that hate go and then you can think more clearly. It's not not that I don't like her and I want to have a cup of coffee with her by any means, that's not what I'm saying. But there's a lot of hatred going on out there and my my hatred's not there anymore. She will be dealt with on this earth or the next for what transpired, not just what happened with me and I, after the fact, but uh, what went on before and the and the uh, for all the all the things she may or may not have done prior to uh, Libya and then after. Um, do I think honestly? I I used to I, I would have said no two three years ago. Uh, I'm not going to say no as far as now. I'm going to say is who cares. I served under different presidents. I've lived under different presidents, uh, whether it's been Bush, whether it's been Clinton, the first Clinton bill, whether it's been Obama. Um, you know, we got Trump. I flourished under all of them as far as personally flourished, as far as just still being able to 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 make a living, support my family, um, uh, to to just have a good life. So people get so wrapped up and who's president, who's this? Why don't you just take care of your own life? Don't worry about it. So I'm not saying he's not. But to my opinion, I don't care. I, if she was the president, and I even said this on an interview, if Donald Trump would have lost and Hillary Clinton would have won, I'd have kept living my life. That's it. I would have kept doing what I needed to do, would have kept still trying to support my family. Uh, so what? Who cares? People are so wrapped up. It's like a football game that never ends. Who's going to be our winner? <laughs> Oh, I, I, my, my team won. Well, my team team's Trump. My team's team Clinton. Or my team's team Biden. Who gives a crap? <laughs> Turn that crap off and go go make something of your life. And so to my answer to you, I don't know. I, I really don't know if she would have or not. I, I don't think so. But, you know, Trump's not exactly the, a, a saint either, and he's not exactly done everything correct either. My, my answer to him is, like, again, who cares? I don't care. I really could care less. I'm still going to live my life and try to succeed under whoever's the president of the United States. I don't think Trump would have left us behind <laughs> if that's what he's getting at. That's a specific answer. I don't think, I think we would have had somebody at least come pick us up the next day in Benina uh, after, after the, the 13 hours, 
that is what I do believe. I really do feel that way. But as far as president, I don't care. I really could care less. And I know I'm beating a dead horse, but that's 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 my opinion. And that will always be my opinion because you can still be successful no matter who's in office as long as you just live your life, stay positive, do your thing, with put, put your family first, and just work hard every day, 100% and then some. That's that's a, that's part of the Ranger Creed. That's how I live my life. I don't care who's in charge. Yeah, you've kind of hinted at that before, Jack, too. How you've said when you were a Ranger, you did not care who the president was that you were serving under Bush or no, Obama. Not at all. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, we have some vague interest in, sure. in you know, when there's an election going on and in, in soldiers vote, of course. But I mean, I think at the ground level, the tactical level in a Ranger platoon, like you're not really thinking about that kind of stuff on a on a day to day basis. Yeah, I I, I agree. I, you're thinking about well, maybe you can tell when there's more funding for a particular president for training and back. And I don't know how much they, cause their, their op tempo so much higher than was. It, it was, was bad during the Clinton years, years, wasn't it, Chris? What's that? It, it, during the Clinton years, it was pretty bad, wasn't it? It was pretty, yeah, it was. It, we didn't, you could definitely tell that there was less money for training, but that didn't mean we didn't train just as much or just as hard. We just didn't have as much ammo. Right. Right. So, yeah, but again, it was, Oh, this, oh, I can't believe this president. No, it was damn it. Are we going to be out till 3 a.m. again? <laughs> yeah, was, exactly. Are we going to be sucking again? Because rucks don't cost any more money. <laughs> you can still afford a ruck and a lot of weight to carry it around no matter who's president. So it did It did make a damn bit of difference. I, I'm totally agreeing with Jack, and I just carried that on. I got Ian, I got caught into that when I got out and got in this public figure thing. I did get manipulated. I le- And that was my fault. That was nobody else's fault but mine. I got manipulated into – being of being a pariah for a side and i pulled myself out of it because i it wasn't right I, it 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 made me an angry person and i wasn't thinking clearly and it made me a bad father and it made me a bad husband and and i pulled myself out of it that's why i'll just say hey to everybody else pull yourselves out of it there's more to life than watching who's doing what on cnn or fox news anymore it really is. And presidents, who cares? Just live your life. Live it to your fullest, and you're going to be happy regardless who's in charge. Chris, do you think uh, that is something common with veterans after they get out? <laughs> like I noticed – I, I noticed sort of a pattern. I was wondering if you see that with like guys who get out of the military. They have like this uh, culture shock, and they, they're trying to now understand this new world around them. And like you see the guys who go real deep into like the conspiracy yeah. theories and like the fringe politics and some of them go far left and some go far right. Like I've seen it go both ways. I, I think it's looking for you're trying to find a direction. Right. Goals. right. And, and so you do take a side and and where it should be. No, we don't take sides. Just use your con. You, we, we lose that fifth principle of patrolling, that common sense. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. and with social media. Nowadays, brother, I tell you yeah. what, it, it, it that doesn't help because then it really does manipulate one side or the other to to picking mm-hmm. a, a a team. You pick somebody that's that's again, it's it's like a, it's like a game. Who's who's going to win? Who's right? I'm right. You're right. Who who cares? It, it, find the goal to be something other than who's president of the United States. And and on the conspiracy theorists, yeah, that that you just go down a rabbit hole. And, and I do find that most time that that guys and even myself. Because that was when I was estranged from my wife too. Mm-hmm. Um, you're on your own. You're you're basically single. You're trying to find something to it, it something to grab onto. You've you're not in the brotherhood anymore. You're not with the 75th anymore, and so that kind of becomes a, your little clique. And 
you're always right because that little click's always telling you you're right. Right. So, right. And yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And it, it takes a lot to pull yourself out of that and really find direction of uh, and find what really is important in your life. And that is family. That is that is really true friends that still stay around you. And my true friends, one of my best friends in the world, Ben Morgan, first Ranger back guy, has been been my friend since high school. You know, he's still there. So, and even though my circle of friends has gotten a lot smaller than it once was, but yeah, you, you you're right. It's be, it, when I was able to pull myself out of that, dang political BS, and now just make fun of it like I used to. That's how I used to. I used to make just fun of it. I still do. Um, uh, that's when I finally got my life back in order and became the guy I was when I was deploying and didn't care or when I was at regiment. I didn't care. Who, who gives a crap? Let's, it's no big deal. Whoever's president of the United States are still politicians. They're still jackasses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and bottom line. And I, I, I've lost a lot of followers because of that, but I've also gained followers. And you know what? Bottom line is too, on that end, as a public figure, you're supposed to care. I don't care. If I lose followers, I gain followers because of what I said. It also so didn't. It, it didn't help that you deleted Twitter. You lost a ton of followers. You, <laughs> well, had, a, you had a huge following going on, and then you were just like, "Fuck this!" I I'm did, getting off I, this. But see that that in itself to me it was where I had to find out what was important in my life. Yeah, I, yeah, I had. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I had like two hundred and what fifty thousand, and then Jack, the guy on Twitter, just shut it down. I mean, it was that was so obvious. <laughs> is there? Is there a? Uh, is there a there, there is a little bit of discrimination on Twitter. I mean, it went from just skyrocketing to it just stopped one day. But you got like, oh you my. got suspended, right? You per, but and you you yeah, took the move Rob. to I actually Rob O'Neill. But yeah, it was up to I, you I, to I, actually delete it, right? You deleted the account yourself. But no, I I, del- I deleted it. it. It was coming. It was I was just lost. I I didn't know what was going on in my life. I I was by myself. You know, my wife and I we we are we were divorced at the time and a lot of it was because of of the of the public figure bs that was going on i let myself get wrapped up into it you, you buy into a lot of it um but it, it was a way for me to step back and now i'm glad we can talk about it and say you know what that's not that important social media and having hundreds of thousands of followers who cares it's not important the instagram i had fifty thousand, and i deleted that and i was like you know what what is important in my life mm-hmm. family and these four people my wife and my son, sons and daughter, or all these followers out here that are just telling me what I want to hear, or they want to fight with me, or they agree with me, or they don't like. What do I? What is really important? And I, I just shit canned it. Like that one day I woke up and said, I gotta fix. I gotta fix myself, and I deleted all of it. And you know, business wise, maybe. Uh, you know what, Ian? Maybe it hurt us, but I'll be honest with you. If I hadn't deleted it, who says we'll be sitting there having this podcast yeah. right now? Yeah, you, know, you you were losing your mind a little bit. Yeah, so. I, losing my mind a little bit. No, I, it was completely gone, and that was <laughs> that was when I did. I tried to eat a bullet. I did in the shower by myself, and I'll tell people I I did. It was it was time after I didn't do that. That's when I got the next. I got the next day, and I said I'm done with all this. And I said if 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 it's meant to be, the followers will come back. If this is what I'm meant to be, is be this public figure, then it'll come back. If I'm not, okay, good. Go back to insurance adjusting, and actually, I'm back going back to insurance adjusting anyway because I miss it. <laughs> For those of y'all that don't know that out there, I'm going back and working as an insurance adjuster because I always said I was going to do that when my time to just be at home, and it's time to be at home and do a podcast, speak every once in a while, 
teach some firearms every once in a while, but my full-time job will be back being an insurance adjuster. And I don't have any problem saying that. And, and I, I, I love it. I hope more veterans out there hear this and like this actually gets like some, you know, some attention from, from our peer group, Chris, because I, there's a I lot of people so who too, need bro. to hear this. I, I, I hope so too, bro. Cause I, 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 I hate when guys quit on themselves yeah. and you, cause baddest asses in the world. You don't quit when you go through rip or rasp. You don't quit through ranger school. You don't quit. You go through selection. You don't quit when you go through, when you go through McCall and you do your selection, you are, you, you do your assessment. You don't quit when you go through buds, but it, once you get out of the service and then you get in that social media world and then you find out that, Oh my gosh, I'm really on my own. And then you start picking sides and then mm-hmm. you start going down that rabbit hole of, uh, of 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 egotisticalness of of pretentiousness yeah. and then then you you lose yourself and then you quit on yourself and 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 that i just don't get it how can somebody that's such a hard-ass warrior and they are there are all, all those guys out there everybody in the special operations community is is a hard ass they've, they've proven themselves to be but then you quit on the thing that's most important in in your life and then you quit at yourself and in essence you quit on your family too you won't quit on your brothers. You're not going to quit in combat. You're not going to quit, quit, uh, quit on your fellow on your fellow ranger when you're when you're serving with them. You're not going to quit in ranger school. You're not going to quit in buds. But then you're going to quit on yourself. That just never made any sense to me. And that's what I said to myself when I looked in the mirror. I said I've never quit anything, and I almost am going to quit on myself. You are a get your shit together, ranger. And I, I got my shit together. And here I, and, and here we are talking about it and. And I'm smiling because I'm I'm glad that I did the right thing, and I feel good. And I'm back with my family, and this will be one of the best Christmases I've had in the many, many years, many years. I've uh, I've seen the the pattern, you know, of these like of these veterans come unraveled. You, like, you can watch it almost in real time on social media, and it's yeah. it's eerie to yeah. see because these guys go through. It, it's like the stages of grief, you know, like the five yeah, stages yeah. of grief, and like it starts off with like denial. And and then you're trying to bargain. You're trying to like um, create a, a new theory of how you see the world around you, and that's where it comes in all the like politics and conspiracy stuff. Um, it, it starts more with first. It's like the oversharing, like the denial phase is like the oversharing on social media. Like this is how I feel about this, and I'm crushing it Monday. I'm crushing it Tuesday. Yeah. I'm, I'm crushing it Wednesday. <laughs> and like you see that, and it's like this is like a distress call. Like this person is asking for help. You know, yeah. it's like that's they're totally full of shit when they say that. It's obvious. And then, you know, yeah, then they go down that rabbit hole. And then eventually, if they survive it, if they come, yeah. some people just go down it and never come out. Yeah. If yeah. they come out on the other side, it looks very similar to what you're talking about where you are now, Chris. It, it kind of is like you put the gun down literally and figuratively and like yeah, you're yeah. able to step away from your past self as a badass ranger or a contractor or whoever you were. You yeah. know, you accept that that's who you were. And now this is who you are now, a dad, a, uh, you know, a father, um, you know, many, many other roles you can have in your life. Yeah, um, you're, you're, you're spot on, bro. And, you're, you, you, go ahead. And, oh, I was just going to point out, I mean, then you when you finally emerge out of that on the other side, it is um, – it's like you kind of put the you put the war itself behind you, and it's and you yeah. just wake up that one morning. You wake up, and maybe it was that morning for you, Chris, after you, that that near suicide attempt, where you wake up in the morning and you're like, you know what? I don't have anything to prove behind a gun anymore. I don't. That, I, I don't have to prove how tough I am anymore. That is where guys need to find it, and that's why I tell guys that have done done on range, guys that I've worked with that are still fighting it. 
walk off in that sunset, y'all. You did yeah. what you needed to do. Yep. There's yep. not you are still that hard ass that you were 15 years ago. You got nothing to prove to anybody. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to be a now it's time to be a special operations father and a special operations husband. That right. means be the best father and husband and son and daughter that you can be because you know what? Because this is this, you already did it, and that's what we when we sign up for. That's what we want to do. We want to go at the end because it's something to prove. Yeah, <laughs> we've proved it. We've done it. We've done it under fire. We've done it under duress. We've done it under starvation or or sleep sleep deprivation or a combination of all of it, and it's over. Okay, got it. Here you go, youngster. Your turn. You take the. You take yeah. it. And if you need any help, I'm here. If you don't, don't worry about it. But I'm still here if you need me, youngster, you, young Rippy or young mm-hmm. Raspy or whatever you want to call it now. But you know what? I'm walking off in the sunset. And actually, I did say that to to a Marine, a, a Marine Marsoc buddy of mine that was having issues. I said, "Hey, buddy, it's time for you to walk off in the sunset. You've done everything you you needed to do. You got nothing left to prove." And that's what social media has a problem though. Because you're right, you're seeing all that stuff on social media where guys' egos and the challenges yeah, and, yeah. The, and hey, I, how much CrossFit weight did I do today? Hey, what about my hormone therapy I'm doing? I'm looking all huge because I'm I'm taking I'm taking too much Nugenics now. Every day is a picture of you wearing your cry <laughs> pants, shooting M4s out at the range, and like throwing dumbbells around, and it's like exactly oh, like we, we already know you're tough. You're a ranger. We know you're tough. We got it. You know. Well, the interesting thing, though, is, you know, Jack, you're significantly younger than or, you know, younger than Chris. And that significantly makes it sound like you're 20 years younger. Hey, you bastard. But you're 21 and a half years old. So, uh, no, the reason I bring this up is, you know, Jack, you're younger. And when your military career ended, you were like, that's it. I'm done with it. You moved on to something different. Sort of. I did and I didn't because I also I have had a foot in that world. You know, I I was kind of like straddling both worlds, you know, because I was covering the military and war as a journalist yeah i well i just mean though the difference is though that chris up until relatively recently yeah. you were still contracting mm-hmm. and there's guys who we're gonna have on the show like dale comstock who i believe is older than both of you guys right he, he's and, like 53 54 so, yeah, he's, yeah, he's so older than I'm, both I'm of you dude so he's i'll tell everybody i'm 40 so yeah, yeah. he's four years older than me so older than both five. you guys and as far you know as long as as far as i know still contracting so, or at you least know, I, I did a contract a year last year ago. too, but it, again, it was just to see, is this really out of my system? And it was, I think, You're over I think, I think there are some, sometimes where guys, um, hang on maybe a little bit too long. I can't say that for Dale, if he's still enjoying it and he can still physically do the job and he's not a detriment to the, to the team, then yeah, if he wants to still do it, but Guys, that's that also is Ian, and that's also a path that guys have to decide when they get to this age. Especially, I don't know is Dale married. I don't know his his marital status, his children. I don't know if I, I want to go there, brother. He he it's, has some. I, uh, I will say, I don't know. I don't know attractive, any you know, petite uh-huh. Asian woman who has Comstock tattooed on her back. I I, I, oh I love God. I love Dale. I really do. Um, but yeah, the 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 drama in in his person. He'll be the first one to tell you a lot of drama in, in his personal life. Okay, you know, and that's again, if guys want to continue to do that, then that's up to them. All I all I'm saying is, there's if there. If guys are are going down that rabbit hole and they still feel like being a contractor or getting out and proving yourself every right. day right. is is the way that you're going to pull yourself out of that rabbit hole, it's not. I, and Sorry, to be fair, though, not. I don't think there currently is drama with him because he, he does seem to have been oh, with I'm, the I'm, same. I, I'm more than happy for him. Yeah, believe me. No, because he seems to have been yeah. with the same, even just on social media, woman for a while now. 
Um, we do know okay. there was drama with his ex-wife, and I'm not saying anything out of line because it was all over social media <laughs> on both <laughs> their pages. Which goes back to Chris's point. Like, that's <laughs> not a good thing. I th- oh, not- I th- yeah, I think that – didn't we – that's really just hit really – exactly yeah. hit that whole thing. Um, but I, I don't know – again, I don't know their relation. I don't know Dale. I, I just know of him because yeah. of the – I'm sure just because of, of the circles that we both travel, similar friends, similar people we've worked with. But it, go, getting off just not him because I don't want, I, I don't want to just – because I don't know him. Yeah. Um, just in, a, in the grander scheme of things, uh, you know, there are guys that, that just – and I've Sergeant Major Purdy, the Ranger, mm-hmm. Ranger legend. He yeah. was – when I started contracting in 2003 – he was still contracting with Blackwater and he was still going out on the road sometimes and doing as you know, how, I don't know. He was in his sixties at the time. Wow. Guys just sometimes just still need to do, do they just, it's, 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 they really feel that that is what they need to do and, and God bless them. Let him do it. But uh, it's not necessary for everyone. I'm telling there, there is, yeah. if you want the light to be at the end of the tunnel there, guy, I'm telling guys, there is that light. There is the sunset you can walk into but you have to let go and realize that you have done you've done everything. You got nothing left to prove. And if you ever had to pick up a gun again because somebody said they needed you, you'd be able to do it. You'd be able to turn that light switch on. You'd be able to go out and hit it. But you don't feel like you have to continue to prove yourself or prove that you can do it every year till you're seventy. You don't have to. Yeah, exactly. Just, exactly. Yeah, and it, it, like it, like it gets unhealthy like if you're doing it because you don't know how to stop. Like you're addicted you're to the adrenaline or you're doing it for your ego and, and that's what I meant like as a uh, you know as a journalist I still had like one foot in that world like I was going overseas and covering conflict and you know putting myself into some like dangerous situations and again the same thing in that that's fine if you're doing it for the right reasons. And I think that, like, as time got on, I started to look at going on those kinds of trips, those kinds of, you know, not quite combat deployments, right? And looking at it and be like, okay, am I doing this because I think this is, uh, there's a, a specific important story I need to go and cover over there? Or am I doing this so that I can say, look at me, I'm a badass. I, I got smuggled into this country and I yeah. did this yeah. and that, you know? So it's like your, your, your heart and your mind have to be, I think, in the right place. I, it, 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 my dad always said it was a young man's game. And I honestly believe that. And that's not because older gentlemen, I'm still in good shape. I can still do the job, but yeah. that's not why it's because when you do get older and you, I am, I'm close to 50. I I've missed my, my son's 15. I hurt every day that I missed. I, I can't even remember a lot of the first six years of, because I was never home. My daughter's 11 and it's hard for me to remember a lot of that time with her growing up too. I have a son that's four and I'm relishing every day that I'm home because I try to be home more, even though I'm on the road speaking, they come with me a lot now, my son and my wife, because, but it hurts because I'm watching him play my four-year-old. And then I'm thinking of my 15 year old going, dang it, yeah, man, I yeah. wish, I wish I would have spent more time. And, and, and that's why I, when it's time to pay and that's what I knew it was time. It's time to be home and I'm good. I'm good with it. I'm okay. with. Well, it. you know, those, those like war years are kind of like, uh, you know, like you said, proving yourself or I, I said, you know, proving yourself. It's yeah, like, that's, yeah. that's like our coming of age story. And like you get to a certain point in life and you realize like, Hey, my coming of age story is kind of over now. Like now I'm a, now I'm a grown up. I'm, you know, I'm 36 now, you know, it's time for me to, you know, live life and be a part of yep. society and, and all the, it, it, let's say, enjoy the country that we fought for. Uh, and do a podcast and laugh. Sure. I love this. Absolutely. This is, I told Ian, I said, I'm not worried if I want to do this, but this is, I, I have fun <laughs> laughing again. I, I haven't laughed and, and it, 
really from the soul in probably four years since the last six months of every, all this stuff yeah. coming together and people getting out of my life that I didn't need and removing themselves and ones that I really did need to be in my life coming in. And that, the only reason I was able to do that is because, again, I, I, I was okay being, you know what, I'm, I'm done everything I need to do. Let's, yeah, just, you, let's just do something different now. You know what, Chris? I mean, I, I realized too, like, you have to find something you enjoy and realize, like, it's okay enjoying it. I know, yes. Like, that's okay. Like, you don't have to suck. You don't have to be in the suck every day. You don't have to, you know, I saw a, a, a guy I know posted this meme on the internet, uh, the, on Facebook the other day, and it was the battle for Way City in Vietnam, a huge battle. And, uh, and, yeah, and the, yeah. the word said something like, I'd rather suffer in hardship with hard men at my side than live with delicate men in a soft society. And I was like, I don't know, bro. I think I'd rather live in Brooklyn than, than be in the Battle of Way City every day of my life. And, you know, and that's okay. I, 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 I think I read that at 1 p.m. when I woke up. I got up from my long-ass sleep when I was able to sleep 13 hours. You know, instead of instead of being awake getting shot at for 13 hours. I, I agree. I I, you know, I, I, those, are, I, I miss, I miss the times going overseas. I'm glad I've been able to think yeah, about it. Yeah, I've, yeah. I'm very lucky to have my, have, I mean, who gets that lucky to have a movie and a book made out of one, one thing I went through. Right, right. It, it's awesome. And I'm blessed to do that. But again, I, I'm enjoying that. I can sleep to when I, when I'm home, I can sleep to when I want to sleep. If I want to go and get a cup of coffee, I can go dang into Starbucks and get a cup yeah. of coffee. If I, if I want to be warm and go see Mickey, I can get my family on a plane. And you know, if we got the funds, go, go see, go see Mickey at Disney world. I, this man I, I, loves can, I can Disney, do this. Uh, if you, if you want to take your kid out to see frozen two or whatever, exactly. I mean, is that, go, is that what you and Alice did? Actually, or? her mom took her to that one, but, uh, uh but yeah, I mean, why not? And that's your, your exact there, the, the Valhalla and all that other stuff. Valhalla comes when you're not not in co- and guys believe this going to Valhalla means that you have to you have to die in combat no going to Valhalla means that your life is done you've ended it you you've you've ended but you've ended it on your terms on your terms not anybody else's terms and and if your terms means growing to your 90 and sitting on the front porch and and slowly passing away smiling remembering all the great times that you had and all the memories you had in work, in 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 training, in combat, and in your family, then that's what Valhalla is, and that's to me. That's me. I want to be ninety and yeah. sit there and be like, you know what? Look back on it and be like, God, I I lived a great life. I I am I have no regrets, and I I don't. I I I I really I shouldn't say I I I really wish I I would have had more time with my son, but then if I would have had more time with my fifteen year old, I'd be regretting not being in right, Iraq right, Afghanistan right. during the days I should have been there in my younger years. So it was, a, it was a choice I made, but I'm, I'm not regretting that I had the four-year-old because now I'm seeing my 15 interact and my four-year-old interact, my 11 year old interact together. I, I really wish I had more time with my younger, younger kids, but I'm getting to have that time now with my four-year-old too. So I'm getting everything. That's um, awesome, man. It, I, and it, I don't it, think you need to live is. your life in in regret over any of it, you know, because you you are able to truly embrace and cherish it now because of the way your mentality changed. Um, yep. And, well said. See, that's why you're the you're the radio guy. <laughs> that, you, need exactly. a, you need your own show. You you <laughs> I, I yeah, I'd listen to you over Will Cow any day. You heard that, Andrew? I hope Andrew's listening. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, man. Well, and also it's uh, you know he what he does is is completely different. I, I'll be honest. I would be losing my mind if three hours a day I'm just ranting about politics. Will Cow's a wild man. Saying. Oh, he, he's he a wild man. And then on top of <laughs> on top of the three hours that he's on 
there. He, in he between, does a TV show, right? He does a TV show. And I was just going to say, in between breaks, like, usually it's time for them to, like, rest, read up on things. He's back in the green room just ranting about politics <laughs> with Mike. <laughs> anyone who will listen. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's nonstop all day for him. But I, hey. so, what were you saying, Chris? No, I, I just, I do have a lot of respect. And I say that because, Andrew, I consider him a friend. And I'm just, yeah, you, you, I agree with you, brother. I, there's no way I could, I, I wouldn't want to get in that political realm. That it's, it's not, it's not. We're even talking about not getting involved with it. And here we are talking about one of the most political, oh, political yeah. guys. Yeah. No, no, it's he's, true. He's a great guy, but I, I, he, yeah. I don't have the stamina he has. Like I get tired. Yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm tired. I need to rest. Yeah, he's yeah. full of energy. I, I mean, the thing is, it's just. You, we, the three of us, could attest to, especially me, because I worked with the guy every day, is that, like, if you like him on air or if you hate him on air, that's him. It yeah, is yeah, not yeah. him putting on a persona for air. That oh, is I agree. I agree. 24-7. Yeah. Um, with that, I do want to make sure we get into the war crime stuff, and I also do want to acknowledge our friends at Fort Scott Munitions before we get into that. Um, Fort Scott Munitions, once again, is a manufacturer of multi-patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors, which, by the way, is their trademark, the TUI tumble on impact, um, it outperformed competitors in the self-defense industry. And it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as directly online through www.fortscottmunitions.com. And I always like to stress it's not ammunitions, munitions. So F-O-R-T Scott M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S dot com. Use our exclusive code BATTLELINE for 15% off your your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions, once again, is a proud sponsor of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and us right here at the BATTLELINE podcast. Go support them. FortScottMunitions.com. Promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off. And with that... We wanted to get into a story that really um, blew up last month, but is, there's still a lot going on with it. Last month, President Trump pardoned Army First Lieutenant uh, Clint, and I know you know of him, Chris, so it's Clint Lawrence, I believe you said. Yeah, yeah, Lawrence. I mean, I know the story. I, I, I know the story from from a third person's point of view. Of course, I yeah. was on the ground. You always, it's, it's, it's hard to armchair quarterback everything, For but sure. I, I do know some of the particulars of what went place here just from, just from reading, just I, from, from my, my observation. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure I have his name right, though. So Clint yeah, you Lawrence. Did. Yep. Major Matt Goldstein, also Army, and then, of course, the pre-retirement promotion of Navy SEAL Eddie Gallagher. Um, now, this is something, Jack, that you've written about pretty much for the past year or so. Off and on, yeah. Yeah, and you you got some great details in your article that at the time was for News Rep with guys who served on the ground, Army guys who served on the ground with Gallagher. Mm-hmm. Um and talked about not the stuff he was being tried for, but things in addition to that that would definitely be war crimes. In Afghanistan, yeah. Yeah, so um, I don't know where to start with this, but I know that with Eddie Gallagher in particular, you were pretty insistent on it looks like this guy may have done some things. Let's get a fair trial. Right, right. And um, 
the fact also that Trump pardoned or took up three of these cases at once makes me feel like he didn't look at them individually. And, um, you know, it's funny. We were just talking about not funny, but we we're talking about the Twitter stuff just recently suspended from Twitter's Pete Hegseth for reposting. Oh, really? Yeah. He reposted that shooter, the recent shooting that happened, his manifesto, which was, I guess, deleted from Twitter and just for reposting it. The Pensacola or, yeah. the, or the Saudi guy. Or the New, yeah, I the New Jersey Saudi or guy. Okay. Because, okay. Yeah. It did have something to do with like a jihadi type written statement. This guy okay. made. And he reposted it, and basically for reposting it, they suspended Pete Hegseth from Twitter. Um, so that's going on right now. But the reason that's I pretty I, bizarre, yeah, I know. So the, the reason I bring up Pete Hegseth though is, is <coughs> strangely enough, I was in these studios here at Gotham, and I recorded like a pilot episode with him and Sean Parnell. Mm -hmm. um, Sean ended up running for Congress, but this was. I genuinely do think a lot of Pete Hegseth's doing like the way that Pete even told me in the podcast that we never aired when he met with Trump. He does a very good Trump impression. But he, Trump said to him, he was like, you were very unfair to me at the beginning. You've been very nice to me now. Like, I think Trump loves when he gets great press from these guys on Fox. I genuinely think it means a lot to him. And I think Pete Hegseth really made the case for if you want the veteran vote, you want to look like you're strong on veterans, do something for these three guys. It, it sounds crazy that that would have any influence, but I genuinely think it when, did. Uh, when I met Pete Hegseth on the set at Fox News and he spent, you know, like five, ten minutes trying to convince me that Gallagher was completely innocent of everything. And this was before uh, his court martial. And I was like, hey, I mean, he's innocent until proven guilty, but I, I wasn't there, bro. <laughs> so... And one thing I also wanted to bring up is anytime I've seen a few times in the media them bring up um, Eddie Gallagher, the thing that they bring up is him posing with a dead terrorist. Yeah. I I don't know about your take on this or both you guys. If that was all that he did, I really would not care. I know that, you know, this is just my opinion as opposed to what's considered a war crime or not. Uh, yeah. But it seems like there's been a whole lot more than just that. Yeah. If it was just that, then biggest thing would be especially if i was in his unit um would be it, it would be just to just to knock him what are you doing you idiot it would be are you stupid come on are you really you got to have be the first on your block i mean i'm definitely not kill? for the guy having his life thrown away in a prison no it would be an internal it, yeah if yeah. it was a, if it was a ranger battalion it would be an internal it, squad it, room yeah. okay all right let's beat it you're gonna get your ass beat down for a little bit because i was stupid but it wouldn't have been, you know, yeah. it's not going to go into. It, it would have been a non-judicial punishment. And yeah. Probably, yeah it, would, it wouldn't like the, the, the president would not be getting involved. You yeah. Know? If, if that was it. But, yeah. but um, now go, go ahead. Cause you know, more, uh, you know, uh, Jack uh, with, uh, with, um, with Eddie, with uh, Gallagher and the stuff, there's more stuff that's been coming out. You're right. So I, I want to hear Jack's point of view. And I'll be honest with you after reading, I know what you've written on it. Mm -hmm. I'm not too far from you. It's just it's hard to arm. It's hard to know because you weren't there. Yeah. And when you, yeah. you, it's just it's you, you. You. But we're on a podcast. You're asking for an opinion. I'll give you my opinion. But when it comes right down to it, I wasn't there. But I've been in situations that are similar. I've worked with guys that have mouths like and sounded like. It's, again, see what I never worked them, so I have to say it from a third person. It sounded like Eddie had a big mouth. It sounded like he had some bravado issues going on there. But again. Who knows? I don't know. I wasn't there. I, I don't know. I never met the man. I don't know what he, I never worked with them. But um, if if stuff Jack's written, if the stuff is out that written that yes, he was looking for 
to shoot somebody. Yes, he he was a little bit over the top because you you gotta rein it in. You can't. This isn't. You're not judge, jury, and executioner over there. You can't be. That's not how it is. There's still as much as much as some people don't like to hear it, but I'm gonna tell you right now, there are still people over there. And I love working in Afghanistan. I loved working with them, some of the Afghanis, some of the ANA, the Kandar Security Force guys. Not every guy over there had a wanted to kill you not every woman over there wanted to kill you yes it was very dangerous and i worked in kabul i worked in kandahar i worked in herat i worked in jabad i was on the roads of mazar sharif i was i was in lashkar i you know i all these places there were good people over there and you have to still follow rules of engagement but again it's just gosh dang it i i wasn't there if yeah. I knew I had everything for sure, yeah, I'll give you my dang opinion. And but if if he was looking, if if he was looking to 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 get his face out there, if he was looking to be that cool guy that got my first, because I heard that too, and maybe I was wrong, Jack, but I got my. He wanted his first knife kill or something like that. He wrote a text on it. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's just stupid. Why would you do that? Why even if the guy's dead, why would you even write something in a text like that? That's just that is. I, I wouldn't want to work with a guy like that. I would. I'm like, nope, sorry, dude. You're, you're a loose cannon. Uh, you may be tough. You may be able to shoot, but your mind's not right. You just don't – you don't treat – I don't care who you are. You don't treat humans like that. Now, terrorist to me is not a human, but we still have the judge and jury – judges out of the – the jury's still out if, 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 if he killed that farmer, if that was actually a terrorist or was it is the jury in. I still have so many holes that maybe you can fill in for me, Jack, because I don't know everything. I'm just getting caught up on Gallagher as far as all the other things that are coming in now, just not that that knife kill. And then the medic said, no, I killed him. It wasn't Eddie. That's that's about as much as I know uh, until I, as far as uh, as far as I know about Gallagher, not the other stuff that's coming well, out. So think, here, go ahead. I, well, I think that, you know, if you add it all up, I mean, what you can say for sure, I mean, there is just incredibly unprofessional behavior happening in this yeah. platoon. Um, we can take we can take the alleged murderer and just set that aside for the sake of the argument that these guys were just off the rails. I mean, it sounds like some bizarre, you know, apocalypse now stuff going on out there. Now, as far as the the larger questions involved, I mean, we can talk about general or specific. Um, there's almost two different stories or two different public narratives. One of them is that it didn't happen. Uh, the other is it did happen, but who gives a shit? You know, fuck them. It's ISIS. You know, these are warriors. We train our boys to kill. So it's like, which is it? Like, are you saying that he's innocent or are you saying he did it, but it doesn't matter because he just killed some brown people and, you know, fuck them. Which is also yeah. kind of, I don't know if you saw that clip of uh, Duncan Hunter, who's a former Marine congressman. That's kind of the narrative he puts out there. You know when, but when you when but you're which now you, under well, indictment, pick one. you know, credibility <laughs> the second is, narrative. is a big question now. Yeah, I, with with I, I don't I with with and he was with Lawrence as well. Honestly, the stuff he put out there, and I know he's going to bat for for fellow veterans and fellow servicemen. But to me, when your integrity is suspect, which it is now in his case, you, whatever you said to me anymore, I, I I'm not listening to you. Your credibility shot, and with with Duncan Hunter because he's. I think he's under indictment for for miscellaneous use of fun or improper use of funds and fraudulent activity. I'm like, you know what, brother, you may be right on, but your integrity, it, it's got to be 100 percent. If it's not 100 percent, 
sorry. You're, you're now, everything you said is just tainted and I'm not listening to it. That's my opinion. You guys may think something differently, but that's how I am now with the duck and, duck and hunter stuff that, and, that he used to say. Well, and you know, you know, for the, the alleged war crimes that chief Gallagher was facing in Afghanistan, he went to court martial and he was acquitted of almost all of the charges. And, you know, that was a, a panel or jury of his peers and just being on the on the outside looking in and based on what I've read in the papers, I can understand why they acquitted him. There was reasonable doubt introduced into the case. Uh, there wasn't a lot of physical evidence. You didn't have a body. Very hard to prove a murder when you don't yeah. have a body. Uh, you had the the murder weapon, supposedly the the knife. That it had traces of DNA on it, but any knife any of us own is going to have traces of human Just, DNA yeah. on it. That doesn't yeah. mean anything in of itself. Um. So it came down to uh, he said, she said, where, you know, some SEALs were saying he was innocent and others were saying he was guilty. And, you know, you had one guy change his story on the stand and say, no, actually, I killed him. And it, it just turned into a, a clown show. And you can understand <laughs> why the why the panel acquitted him. I, I, I that that in itself to me is I, that's why I don't know. That's why my I, I would honestly tell you, I don't know. Yeah. And um, I, I, I have no idea. And people want me to go one way or the other. And I actually def- defended him at first i did i i did i'll put it out there publicly i did defend him at first and then more things came in and and now and i'll be the first to admit hey i may not have been right to defend him right off the bat i should have waited and learned a little bit more um but uh but now that i'm learning more i'm still not saying that well maybe i shouldn't have defended him i don't i'm not going to say one or the other it comes right down to again I, i wasn't there i don't know everything and when you're right when you got the he said she said sort of thing going on I, I can't make a decision. I, I can't. I'm not going to make a decision either way. Well, that, that's I, I, exactly, I, I think, what the what the jury felt as sure, well, that sure. they couldn't make a decision on it. Um, so, he, he, you know, the person is innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. And um, but then on the flip side of it, you know, the narrative is that it was like how many people test how many seals testified against Gallagher, uh, like four seals. And so now the story, the narrative behind that is these were millennial wimp, wimpy seals. Yeah, which, her dad the way, they, is literally what his wife said. Oh, and, and she said worse than that. I yeah. mean, but that that these were, you know, like, like uh, you know, hipster, uh, you know, Bernie voters or Hillary lovers or something <laughs> like this that, you know, they weren't tough enough for the fight. So they turned on their on their platoon uh, or their platoon chief in this case. And it's like. So again, the narratives don't make sense. It's like so Navy SEALs are these meat eaters, these heroes, are war fighters. They're out there <laughs> killing Al Qaeda. But the second they say something we don't like, all of a sudden they're these like pinko liberal commies. Like, do we really believe that? And and which really, you know, gets rid of any incentive for guys in the future to blow the whistle on anything because of how these guys were treated. Well, specifically, I mean, the the justice system is what it is. You cannot fault Gallagher's family or his defense attorney for defending him, right? But of course, yeah. the president getting involved, while not illegal, it was very irregular. And I think I, that does put pressure on uh, on future service members who may come forward and blow the whistle internally or externally. I, I have a problem with just doing a blanket. He did it. And to me, it looked like with the three of them, a blanket uh, – uh, pardon, because mm-hmm. uh, it, it should it needs to be separate. Everyone needs to be separate, looked at separately. And, and that's from from my bird's eye view, looking in 
Trump gave a President Trump gave a gave a pardon to all of them just because they were veterans. Because again, yeah, the pressure from Hannity and Hegseth and and I, I agree with Ian. I think they they had a lot to do with and it. And he was wanting to time it around Memorial Day. It yeah, was like a big yeah, it was they, like a big branded event. And now Lawrence is out on the campaign trail, I guess, with, yeah. with Trump. It's, uh, it's, 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 it, honestly, I, I mean, yeah, that's kind of gross. Uh, I, I even saw that Pete hey, did I, a. I, uh, I, I'm I can't sorry, say, I can't, I can't say much, but that's what happened to us. And believe, and I'll tell Lawrence right, Clint Lawrence right now, mm-hmm. dude, be careful. You're being manipulated. Yeah. I, we were. I was. Mm-hmm. I know I was. I, I was for a political end. Political end. I did feel like we were protected more. By having a huge, huge following, that was uh, – I even told that to our lawyer. And our lawyer, if, if you never believe his name, is Mark Zaid, the, the one that's protecting the whistleblower. Right? We had the same lawyer. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, and that's – but I, I, I'm friends with Mark. I don't care. I, I don't care what he Mark, – well, Mark has his views. Well, Mark's Chris, you're, you're saying that you uh, – you know, your, your experience in Benghazi, that you and your friends were manipulated by people with a political agenda. I exactly. Exactly. Most definitely, we yeah. were. I, and now that being, am I? Am, do I fall more in line with conservative? Oh, yeah, I do. I yeah, do. Yeah, I, yeah. I believe in the Constitution. I, I'm. I believe in God. I. I believe in the Bible. I. I you know, I am. I. But. Mm. Uh, but I do know that that we. I do know. Looking back now, hindsight. Oh, most definitely. But in that being said, too, the decision that I made as far as doing that wasn't. It was never to elect president trump that was not why i was doing it i even told mark my lawyer a lawyer i said guy brother i know you're trying to protect us you can't protect us the only protection we have is the millions of people that have our backs so if, if let's say hillary does win or let's say the democrats win they hate they don't like us but the bottom line is it not they just don't like maybe what we're doing if we don't have that huge following of protection, which God bless y'all out there for for still supporting me, I love y'all out there. Believe me, if we don't have that, your lawyer skills are going to mean nothing. We will we're going to get hammered, it's, and that was my view. Is just positioning. My view was that we we need this support, and also out of it comes a lot of really honest honest support, not just political support from politicians. Real uh, people supporting. It's, it's really interesting to hear hear you say that, Chris, because it reminds me of when I was writing about Benghazi um, after it happened. There were, I mean, some of the people who contacted me. I mean, I was contacted by the wife of a Supreme Court justice. Wow. Uh, I was wow. contacted by some pretty heavy hitters out there um, who wanted me to go and testify in front of Congress. And I, I turned them all down because, like you said, I mean, it, it's political manipulation. It's like, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to be a journalist. I'm trying to report facts. I'm not really interested in choosing the side, right? Um, hey, you're, you're the one journalist that doesn't out there. Holy crap. Well, there, you're, there, you're there, the are, there are a lot out there. There are a lot out there. I mean, the I'm thing glad is, you're defending them because I, I – you're one in one in a few that I know of, but that's your realm, brother. I don't work in that realm. I just work outside of it as much as I well, have you, you to. Hear, you hear from the probably the most partisan ones and the ones who are kind of um, try to min- maintain their neutrality uh, or kind of sidelined or, or more low-key. You don't hear from them as often, but yeah. they're out there. Um, but I think you're, that's this is a really interesting subject, too, and it kind of goes back to what we were saying before, Chris, is that like when you're a veteran and you get out of the military – um, you do have to be careful about people yeah. manipulating you towards their yeah. own ends like that because uh, the being a, a soldier or a service member, it's the um, most respected profession in America. I mean, it's shown in poll after poll after poll. I mean, the the troops are highly respected and for a lot of really good reasons. 
Um, but what goes in hand with that is that there are a lot of people with their own agenda who want to hijack your service yeah. and your yeah. credibility for their own purposes. It, it, it's sort of like somebody like, like Chris, you're a religious man. I mean, I'm sure you've seen some, yeah. seen this somewhere in your life where a bad person tries to hide behind Christianity to advance their own agenda. <laughs> yeah, I've seen, seen that more than once. And even even myself thinking that, uh, hey, I've, I'm a sinner. I am I'm a huge sinner. I, I've fixed myself and I've fec- I'm constantly correcting and fixing to not be that, fixing right. myself to live better, not be that sinner. But yes, you, you do that. And you also do it with the excuse of, well, I'm, serve, I, you know, I'm willing to give my life for someone. So this sin that I'm committing here, it's okay. I, I, so I'm will, I'm wor- working for this country. I'm making this country better. So this little sin I'm doing over here, I, it outweighs. It's not going to weigh as much. Oh, as right, all this right, other. right, exactly. right. Exactly. Yeah, because you rationalize and, it. You know. I, I wish yes, anybody. Yeah, I could, did that a lot. I did that a ton. I, but, I think that's you're for, spot on. Yeah, spot for all on. of us. And, and anyone could justify something that they're doing wrong in their life. The, the one thing I wanted to throw out there, though, because I did mention the Pete Hegseth thing, is that I don't know if you guys saw this. I don't, you know, I'm like you, Jack, and I don't watch a whole lot of TV news. I don't even have cable in my house anymore. But I did see, I think via Twitter, that Pete Hegseth either already did or is doing like a sit-down type special with like veteran heroes. And on this panel is, if I remember correctly, I think it's like Marcus Luttrell, Rob O'Neill, highly respected guys generally, and um, Eddie Gallagher. You know, and I think it's trying to sell this narrative that mm-hmm. Eddie Gallagher should be celebrated just like the man who killed Bin Laden, just and, like you know, the we guy have, who was there. We, you know. we have all of these living Medal of Honor recipients who have these incredible acts of valor in combat, did these amazing things, but we're choosing to celebrate alleged and convicted war criminals. Like that, there, That's one of those moments, like, like you were saying, Chris, like you look your ranger buddy in the eye, like... There's something fucked up going on here. Yeah, right there, now. yeah. You know what I mean? It don't, you, if it don't smell right, then it's then it's probably shit. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, uh, and and I mean, lo- love them or hate them. I mean, who, whatever you think of these cases individually or as a whole, are these the people we should be admiring? Really? Um, I, I, I I'm I'm not sure with with Pete that yeah. I, I think a lot of this is politically driven. On the Eddie Gallagher thing, uh, I would say to the SEAL, and I know they are, let them, they're SEALs, he's a SEAL, let them handle their own. It, I always come back to, you always come back to the barracks justice sort of thing, but it, it really does. I, you know, whether I know what happens or not, I don't care. Barracks SEALs, you know what happened. Those guys know. If it, Just like the guys at Second Bat really know what happened to Pat Tillman. They're going to have, they handle it internally. Don't worry about the media. Pete, you let him run his mouth, do whatever he wants to do. SEAL team, you guys, SEAL teams, all you guys out there, you know what happened. Take care of it yourself. That is, to me, that's where we get away from in society and in all everybody out there that they want to see the outcome. I want to know what happened to Eddie. I want to know, I want to see this. I don't need to see it. I know if we, if I just leave it into the hands of the SEAL community, let, they're going to handle it. They're going to do it. They're the, the lower guy. You well, worry they, about they, when he gets they weren't to the allowed to, though, because the president intervened. And that's yeah. and so we're just coming back to full circle. So my thing on that is don't get don't intervene. Leave it alone. Let it leave it alone in that case, because we don't know. 
uh, but you're right. It got so misconstrued, so out of proportion. Everybody's two cents, and and then everybody was tainted. And then what was the defense was spying or the uh, the yeah the, the, uh, the I mean the the, 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 like pros- spying the prosec- on emails the prosecution the yeah. Who yeah. And the, the, the prosecution, prosecution in the case made some definitely made mistakes and did uh, apparently things that look pretty unethical. Um, and the the lead prosecutor of the case was removed like right before the court martial, uh, which is no small thing. Uh, yeah, that, that is not a so. small thing at all. Like that's a big deal. And that prosecutor will probably never prosecute another case in his career. You, do, do me a favor. Tell I, we're, we're on that part of we're, we're getting, but I want to know more about, cause I know you wrote about it and I read yeah, about yeah. it. I, I would like to podcast uh, people out there, listeners, the other incident, right, the one right. that people don't know about the farmer that, that, uh, tell me all about it. I'm yeah, not getting, I yeah. want you to talk about this. So, uh, I wrote this story, um, back in June, um, that, you know, it, it definitely caused a bit of a stir. Um, and everyone is familiar and everything we've been talking about is the alleged war crimes, uh, that chief Gallagher was again, alleged to have committed in Mosul, Iraq, which he was subsequently acquitted of. Um, the story that I wrote was about a different deployment to Afghanistan in 2010, and I talked to special forces soldiers who were in 3rd Special Forces Group on an ODA working with the Kandak Commandos, um, and they were part of uh, – it was at the time a major – clearing operation in Marja. So this is like back in the day when, um, you know, during the Obama administration where they had this um, counterinsurgency strategy that they were trying to implement. They're like, we're going to surge all these troops to Afghanistan. We're going to clear these huge areas like Marja and uh, Kandahar and all these places. We're going to clear them of Taliban and hold them and um, create a safe environment for the populace and win the hearts and minds, yada, yada, yada. I, I mean, that was, the, that was the strategy at the time what we were trying to do. So this was during the, the clearing operation in Marja as part of Operation Thunderdome. And these, this ODA would sometimes have a guy from either the SEAL teams or the SAS assigned to them um, to help them out with sniper support. Because these were large operations. Yeah, they they yeah. needed all the help they could get, um, mm-hmm. quite frankly. Because an ODA, for people who don't know, a special forces team, it's 12 guys working with their host nation partner force. Um, so, I mean, if you can get some additional enablers, bring in some additional talent, I mean, you'll, you'll take it, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. So on this particular operation, they had, the guys told me, Eddie Gallagher attached to their ODA. Um, and the dudes I talked to didn't really like him. Um, they thought he was a loudmouth, always talking about killing people and stuff like that. They thought he was kind of weird. Um, and then what happened out once they got outside the wire and they were starting this clearing operation, they went out and they cleared a, a structure um, that they were going to use as kind of their their uh, their base camp for the night. Um, they had the Kandak commandos with them, and then they were going they were holding there for the Marines to come in and backfill them and, and take those positions. And then at that point, they would um, you know bound forward, take the next village, take the next ridge line, all that good stuff. So they're they're um, waiting. Um, and they were telling me Gallagher was up on the rooftop and at one point he shot, um, a friendly, um, vehicle, an Afghan military vehicle shot right through the windshield. And they're like, Whoa, what are you doing, man? Um, and then during, while they were on this rooftop and in this building, um, the, the firefights would kind of like break out sporadically throughout the day. Um, and 
there was this field right in front of them and this farmer would come out and start working his land like this old man with like a hoe just working the dirt and the the interpreter and the sf guys kept telling this dude like go inside man go back inside you're gonna get killed like th- there's a firefight going on here but sure as, sure enough whenever there was like a little low in fire the guy would come back out and start hoeing the ground they're like and he wasn't he wasn't carrying any radios he didn't they, nobody saw no. anything no weapons no. no radios i mean that's that's your rules of engagement pretty much weapon or right. radio in he, afghanistan he, he was just, he was, just a, he was an old man he was a farmer and they, okay. had, they had seen him several times throughout the day so they they were pretty sure he wasn't a threat you know okay, okay. um and then later that day um they hear a shot up on the rooftop and there was another SF guy, actually the 18 Bravo on the team was up there with him. And he said that he witnessed Gallagher shoot the farmer. And sure enough, the farmer was there, you know, on the ground dead. Um, and at that point, the the team was split in half between two compounds. So you'd have like six Green Berets with the uh, with uh, Gallagher on one rooftop. And then you'd have the other six Green Berets yep. um, down yep. in another structure. They consolidated at nighttime to come together. And so at that point, the warrant officer and the captain were able to have a face-to-face. And they jointly decided right there, this guy Gallagher is out of control. We need to get him out of here. And so they called in um, the next resupply that came in that night. They put Gallagher on the bird and flew him out. Wow. When he got back to the main base, it was uh more or I'm um, sorry, it was Camp Bastion um that was supporting the ODA's mission out there. Um they told me that Gallagher was going around boasting about how he killed the farmer and the AOB commander overheard this, pulled him aside and put him on an airplane and got him out of there. Um I contacted uh Tim Parlatore, who is Chief Gallagher's attorney. He denied the entire thing, said this entire story is entirely false and made up. How come it never came out except for this one article, as far as I know, that you wrote? Um, you know, with all this controversy, I, I would have thought this would have come out somewhere else. Yeah, I, that, go ahead. Good. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I yep, think, I think it's question. probably I, – I can't necessarily answer that question. I'm – Maybe other outlets just didn't know about it. Maybe they didn't have the sourcing. Maybe they knew about it but didn't have good enough sourcing. I, I just so think I, I can't tell this, you all this stuff together. It would definitely create some doubt in people's minds, especially when I see article after article just saying Eddie Gallagher, the Navy SEAL who posed with a dead body in Afghanistan. Which to me, I'm I'm like, who cares? At least that's just in, my in Iraq, opinion. In Iraq, in Iraq, you, you know. And, and when I hear that, I mean, I just think it. You know, I could understand how people would be you know, worried about this type of behavior, mm-hmm, but it, mm-hmm. it, to me, pretty minor infraction in comparison to what you wrote about. Yeah. Um, I, 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 like I said, I talked to SF guys. I could not tell you what goes on in newspapers around the country or, you know, courtrooms or anything. I mean, that's a whole other, whole other can of worms. Um, I think that everyone is focused on Iraq and uh, this just was, you know, off the beaten path maybe for them. Um, but I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I, I would recommend if guys are going to, especially and speaking directly to the ODA, you know, it, it sucks that you may have to use your true name. Look what happened. I mean, it does. You're going to lose your job. You're, you may, you're not going to get court. You're going to lose all of your friends. You're going to lose. Hey, look, join the, join the effing club guys. Look over. (laughs) So, and that's what I would say to the ODA guys. Say something. If you're going to say something, don't say anonymous. Don't, I can't use my name. If you're not willing to put your name out there. And I'll say that to anybody that, that wants to, that wants to talk. I even talking to the, 
to the the whistleblower for the Ukrainian bullcrap that's going on. If you're not willing to use your name, shut up. Just don't even say it. If you're not willing to stick your neck out there and, and fall on that grenade for something that's right, and if if they are telling the truth, they are right. They're correct. That's that's a, that's dude. That's murder. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I I totally agree with you, Chris. Um, but you also have to put yourself in their shoes. Like, look at these guys who came out and testified against Gallagher and what happened to them. Yeah. I mean, they're, and, they're and done. You, no, and, and you're, you're exactly so. Yeah. You're right. No, and, you're, and you know, you're, and you're, you know the deal, man. Like, if either of us or you know, in in our our peer group is very insular, and if you yeah. say anything that grinds against the group, think I mean, they will burn you to the ground, um, or they'll try to. That's for sure. So, I mean, you either better have really thick skin and not give a shit, or you know, you're gonna pay some consequences. Or you're, yeah, you're, or you're gonna be. You have to willing that maybe you're gonna have to find other, uh, find other work. I, that it's just how it is. And, I, but you know, for I, me, yeah, it, I, I was the same way as yeah. I guess I just I didn't know more about this. And and if this did happen, and I will say if because we don't know. We weren't there. Um, I'd like to believe ODA guys. I, I know a lot of guys on the ODAs. A lot of them are very. They're very honest. There, there's dirt bags in every unit, and there's awesome dudes in every unit. Um, so, but you know, that's, it, it, it would, it would really, I think it would really have made a huge influence on what just would transpired with, with Trump as well. Or did they just say it because Trump pardoned the guy? And is it politically well, motivated prior, for them prior, to say this that? Prior, yeah. prior to all that. Yeah. It, it, it yeah was, I think it was, yeah, it was in June. So it was, yeah, it was way before that. Okay. All right. I, yeah, I'm, I really, I, that's why I wanted to hear the story and I wanted to know, I, I, I don't really have an, that's the only opinion I have as far as as far as just guys speaking out. And and you're right, it, it does suck. Um, we 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 lost all of our clearances. We weren't able to work anymore. They're in the office, people there were guys that loved us and other ones that hated us. There's people that hate me now. There's people that are very supportive of me. It's it's part. It's it's it comes with the territory, right, I guess. Right. And that's the that's the price you pay. And I, yeah, I don't mean to yeah. romanticize that in any in any sense, but I mean it's just that's the choices you make. Like I made a choice to go down this road and, and you know speak the truth to the best of my ability and to do what I, I feel is right. And if there are some people out there who don't like it, I, I okay, well, de- deal with them. <laughs> yeah, just, I, I, I I mean it it gets to the point too where it's like, well, if all of my friends are you know, such hardheads that they think war crimes are cool. Now, let's take this case and just set it aside for a moment, okay? If you think war crimes are cool and like it's okay to shoot children and it's okay to like scalp people, if you're okay with that, then yeah. I don't really want to be your friend in the first place. Yeah, no, that's you know, and I, 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 uh, I'll, I'll just to put it in perspective for people out there listening. There, there was driving by, uh, and, and you should see, and I know, Jack, you've seen some of these playgrounds in Afghanistan that OSHA would have shut them down a long <laughs> time ago. I mean, you impale yourself on these. But I, I remember, you know, the bad car bomb going off, and it wasn't, it, we were out in town. I was doing my, my agency work. I wasn't doing any DA stuff, so we're just driving out. To, and so you get it, you're actually living within the within society there. You're mm-hmm. living within the locals. So you, you're just like, when something happens, you're reacting to it just like they are because you're out there doing your surveillance or, or doing uh, little area familiarizations, you know. So, um, and I remember these kids, they didn't move. They just kept playing. And all I could think about, my son uh, was five at the time. My daughter had just been born. I was just thinking to myself, gosh, you know, my kids wouldn't, they don't care. They just want to play. They just, and so when you come back yeah. to these war crimes, you're right, with kids dying, it really hurts. It bothers me. It pisses me off. Yeah. And, and when somebody has a bravado, if they're saying, look what I just did, I just got my kill here, that 
makes me extremely angry because you're devaluing human life. That's why I, I, I don't want to get in too much in the Gallagher, the Gallagher, because I don't know, but just the bravado aspect of it, of him, of him saying, look what I did. Look who I shot. Look who I just knifed. That in itself pisses me off more than anything because you are devaluing human life. And it, it whether it, is, it wasn't, as far as I know, if that farm, if it happened, the farmer sure as heck wasn't a terrorist. And it just, you just don't, you don't go into, you just don't live like that. And I'm, I'm sputtering because I'm, I'm angry. I'll be honest. It really, it really hurts me on because I remember just, there are good people there. There are, and there are people are just trying to live their lives. And when things like that happen, whatever counterinsurgency gains that you made, you've just lost them. Like that, with the the years of, of gains you've made on hearts and minds, you've you've lost you've lost all that in the span of thirty seconds, t- uh, years, and that kind of goes into Lawrence thing and what he did. Yeah, so, and all those um, people who are out there, all, all those like people who are in the peanut gallery supporting, and I'm not even saying I, you know if you support these people because you legitimately believe they're innocent, that's like one thing I can understand yeah. your point of view. But if you think like war crimes are okay, you think this is okay, and that when you wear an American flag on your shoulder, that it's all right to go around doing these things, it's like you need a values check. Yeah, yeah. and and you uh, wrote a tweet actually that I saw covering this, Jack, where you were saying, you know, don't you think this has something to do with the twenty-two veterans a day of that we course. hear who are killing again, themselves? It's every a, day? Again, the contradictory narratives, right? There are these the two narratives that these these vet bros out there want to perpetuate is on one hand 22 a day you know veteran suicides homelessness substance abuse but also yeah war crimes are cool scalping people cutting throats my pipe hitters and all this bullshit and it's like dude you go over there and you know you're killing people you shouldn't be killing don't you think that leads to ptsd and substance abuse and and ultimately suicide so like these two things are incompatible they, they, the two narratives just don't work in tandem with one another. It, 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 where brought comes the politics come into it when you look get off Gallagher, and, or you can even look at Gallagher's teammates that that reported on him. And again, I don't I don't know him. I have no idea. But on the other side, with the eighty second Airborne in Lawrence's case, you pardon Lawrence, who was convicted, who was convicted. And yeah. So let's served. separate and, those two, if we can, real quick. Okay. Is, is so. Matt Goldstein is the guy that I saw who was – I think he was wearing a MAGA hat, right? And he said – Oh, I don't know that. Well, I did see him in his uniform though, right? He came out in his uniform who who met with his family, right? And he he actually served time. Goldstein? See, that, no, that's no, 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 that, yeah. that's Lawrence. I'm just trying to make sure I no, – Goldstein, Goldstein was a special was forces that, officer. That, that which actually, which is the one who I'm actually sorry, served yeah. time and which is the one Lawrence. who never went to trial? Lawrence. And Lawrence. Goldstein never went to trial. Correct. Who killed the bomb maker. He was, he was going to go to court-martial this month, but he received a pardon. So That's what I thought. Yeah, but he was the one that was found not guilty, and then he admitted it. Goldstein was the one that admitted on Fox that, News. On right? Fox, to yeah. me, to me, he was because they, I believe, if I correct me if I'm wrong, but he did go to trial. And no, and then no, he, he didn't. Go, he, he didn't go to did. trial. What, so with that, actually, he, let's just let, he, he he was interviewing for a job for the CIA. Yeah, I was going to say let's just yeah, rewind right. and and explain both of these if we can, because even I'm so confused. Goldstein yeah. was a special forces officer. He was interviewing. Yep. He was doing his polygraph for the CIA to go and get a job there. That's right. And that's right. While on polygraph, allegedly, he admitted to executing a suspected bomb maker in Afghanistan, and also allegedly admitted to. 
going back later, digging up the body, and then throwing it into the burn pit on their base. And to, to cover it up. To, to cover, cover up it up. The, the, with, okay. with a couple of his boys. Um, and then the, the army, you know, this got out. The CIA had to do the responsible thing, report it to the army. Be like, what do you guys want to do about this, right? <laughs> and uh, the army, you get the impression, we're almost just trying to, like, let it die out yeah. and go away. And then he went on Fox News, and he did not admit to everything I just said, but he did admit to killing a suspected bomb maker in some circumstances. So he confirmed part of the story, and then the army went and began the actual criminal prosecution. Because at that point, you forced their hand. Like, yeah, you went on Fox News talking about it. What do you want? Yeah, he to do? easily could have. This could have died. And uh, and so he was on his way to court martial. Like I said, he would have. St- he I think his court martial date was like the December second or third. And uh, Trump pardoned him before we got to that date. God, you know, it, with an admission, saying that you did, dude, dude it's it's a war. <laughs> to me, that's kind of black. That not kind of. That's 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 cut and dry. It's, you did it. You killed the dude. Yeah, you kill you, you, you. If it was was it in battle? No, it was when he was under their like, under their care. But he had he was a prisoner, right? At the time, help me out because I'm I'm I know little bits, but I don't know the specifics. Uh, he, like, was he a prisoner or was it during an actual battle? That this because if it was during battle, who gives a shit? It, it, it was it was it was out in the field, but it was uh, uh, as I understood it, it was not like they were actively in a firefight or something like that. Okay, and that's two things. So if there was an active firefight going and he killed the guy, that's just how it goes. Yeah, that's yeah, war. Yeah. That's war. If the guy, if the bomb maker, Taliban bomb maker, was, and was it Taliban? Yeah. Was it Al-Qaeda Alleged, Taliban? Allegedly a Taliban. Alleged, bomb allegedly maker, yeah. Taliban bomb maker. If it was that he had actually surrendered or you had taken him prisoner and then you did it, <laughs> that's 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 a that's a war crime brother you're you're going to, you're going to jail you may even be hung for that that's you don't do you just prisoner he's your prisoner yes they may be released later but grant come on they look what look what happened at Gitmo when people being released and then we're fighting them again but guess what we again we are not judge jury and executioner that's not what soldiers are that's not what seals are that's not what rangers are we do our mission if it's a da mission and we're hitting something yes we go in there and we take that objective and if there is bad guys in there we kill them that's how it goes but once it's over and we have prisoners no that that human you just you don't do that oh i'm going to be fighting this guy again and believe me vietnam i know those guys it, it crushed them to do that fighting guys but that's what sets us apart from the rest of the world that's what's supposed to on some level i feel like this is all like a it's like a microcosm these war crimes cases are like a microcosm of something happening in american culture but specifically in american military culture that like the morality has changed yeah and you've spoken on that chris that these things are like deemed as being like okay now and there's both the military and civilians who support the military there's also this like frustration like you guys saw the um these papers that the Washington Post published this week showing um, that its senior leaders all throughout our government knew we were failing in Afghanistan since like 2004, and they lied to the American public about it. So there's like this nihilism, like we're not fighting for anything. And all of us know it. The troops know it. The public knows it. Like this war is fucking pointless. We have no strategy. So we're just fighting for the sake of fighting. 
And this is where I think the troops come into all this stuff with like Spartan warriors and Templar knights and uh, well, that, that's something Lid. bigger that we used to fight for. It's not there anymore. Right, right, exactly right. right. Exactly. It's not, it's, it's we're not, not fighting for anything. So the war doesn't justify itself. So we have to like reach out into all these weird places to try to find something to legitimize why we're still fighting. And and we are we are we are not holding ourselves to that higher standard that, that virtue that we're supposed to have. You are, I, I am I I am a ranger. I'm going to do the right thing. Doesn't make a difference what it is. If I have to go in there and I have to kill something or kill a kill a to to accomplish my objective, which whatever that mission is, a direct action mission, or to rescue someone, or to or to get a terrorist, I will. But once that objective has been reached and we've taken prisoners, I am holding myself to a higher standard. I'm not going to go throw them out there on Al Jazeera or whatever and burn them just to prove a point or to kill them or not. No, you don't do that. That's that's the difference. And the only reason to do it is for self-gratification. Like it doesn't <sighs> serve a strategic end game or even a tactical end game. It's really just so you can feel tough about yourself so that you can feel empowered. Like, oh, look what I did to the enemy. I cut his, you know, I got an ear necklace. I got How does that, that win the war? And that shows nothing as far as integrity. That shows that, that we're no better than we're no better than them. And yeah. people are going to be like, well, come on. You, I, I get that you, you got to be tough with, I, I understand they, they don't get, they Afghanis and Iraqis and Middle Eastern don't, it, it, you, it's, it's not the reasoning they don't get, but you do have to be firm and confident, but being a murderer is not firm and confident. Right. You know, right. You know if, if, if you get in a fist fight, you get in a fist fight. Yeah. I may have to punch this guy in the jaw to get him to understand something, but I don't have to, knife him in the face that's that's completely different there's there's yeah. you, you I don't have to kill the guy but i have to show him that i do mean business if that means just punch him in the jaw say hey dude you need to listen to me that's different he's still going to get up and walk the next day and maybe have some more respect but God, it's it, it's it's we've gone down that slope of 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 virtue that's not there anymore and that's that's we got to put maybe this taking god and we have and i haven't been in, i haven't seen bases anymore i know the chaplains were huge when i was at fort benning chaplains were always part of god was always part of 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 and faith whether you believe in god or not you don't have to i'm a good christian i'm not going to tell you, you have to believe in god but you have faith in something that is bigger than you that has integrity that has virtue if you don't have that, and if we don't have that at the base needs anymore, maybe that's why we're going down this road. Maybe you're, that's why you're seeing more smuggling. You're seeing, I think, wasn't a bunch a bunch of Marines that were in a, in child smuggling. You're seeing drugs on base. You're seeing a lot more of stuff that is just would be unheard of back in '95 when I was in. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. what what this would never have happened. And also, but also '95, we were also in basic training. It was a little tougher. We first day I was there, a kid from New York smart enough to drill sergeant. The drill sergeant sent him across the desk. It's like, oh my god, yeah, I better shut up and watch my mouth and and do what I'm told because if I don't, I'm going to get jacked by this drill sergeant. That doesn't happen anymore. Well, as much you know, there's a lot of wear and tear. I think because of this war that's been going on yeah. for 18 yeah, years right. now, and you know, to say something, not to defend Chief Gallagher per se, but let's just look at him. Um, objectively, I think he was on 10 combat deployments, maybe yeah. more. Um, that's a lot. I, I think that it has been, you know, I think his lawyer has said that he was being treated for TBI. Um, I think that, I think it's perfectly reasonable to say that the dude has PTSD. <clears throat> um, is it possible that, uh, a Navy SEAL or an army ranger 
is a really good guy, his first deployment, his second deployment, his third deployment. But by the time he gets to deployment 10, he's just seen some things. He, he's been through some trauma yeah. in combat. Yeah. And he's not the same 18, 19, 20, 21, 22-year-old guy uh, that had values that believed he was fighting for something that now he has become a different person. You're, it, no, you're you're spot on. I, I think it's a hundred percent. You can say that, and it takes uh, it takes us a person to get through that and get over that, or just to say no more. You can't yeah. do it. Maybe there should be limitations as far as how many times you can deploy within the military. You can't you can't do more than ten deployments, or you can't do more than eight deployments. Uh, and then, or you have to take an extended break. Yeah, I, I I don't know what the answer is, but as far as that, but to answer your question, yeah, I, of course, of course it does. I did 10 years, 10 mm-hmm. years of deploying. And I was, there were times I was messed up. I came home and, and my, my, my father-in-law was at the house, had cancer and, and I didn't want him here. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll be, you know, my, my, I love my wife, love her death, but I, I didn't care. You know, you, 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 and I should have, I should have had more empathy and I didn't. I was like, guess that's just get me out of here. I, I, I don't, I don't want him here. I, this is awful. And he ended up, you know, he ended up passing away, um, in our bedroom and I had no, I had no empathy because mm-hmm. I, I just didn't feel anything. Right. And that was right. No. So obviously, yes, I can tell you for a fact, yes, it does after so many years of deploying. Um, but also that doesn't excuse the act. And I, I've I've had the opportunities myself to to get away with literally get away with murder, and I didn't. Why didn't I? Because it's not the right thing to do. It's not the Christian thing to do. It's the faith way. It's not the human thing to do. So I can also say that aspect of it. Yeah, after so many deployments, yeah, your your mind's not right, but you still have to uphold that standard. Right, right. Standard that human life still, whatever it is, unless it's that mission that I'm on, and that and that is that obstacle that I have to complete to get the mission. I have to go through. That guy, because he's trying to kill me, I hate, I'm defending myself, but I'm also attacking to do whatever off we need to do. And that person's trying to kill me. Yes, I can justify that. Yeah. But uh, an innocent or somebody that's 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 that has either surrendered or is not a threat at that time. No, no, you you can't. When we're taught, I, that's what I was taught. That's what I was taught at the seventy fifth. And, I was and taught that at Ranger Battalion. That's, this is, that, you don't do that. This is the point I would <laughs> I would like to make. I think if I were to have a conversation with President Trump, not that I think he care, he cares what I think, but <laughs> or um, the people who feel like him uh, on this issue, I I would tell them that you may think you're supporting the troops with these war crimes pardons, and. It may look like that. You, it, it may make you feel like that. And you're certainly supporting these specific troops. You're helping them out. You're doing them a solid, no question about that, uh, helping them out of their legal woes. But I would argue that you're not supporting the troops. Yeah, uh, and you can think of it if you talk about Lawrence, his, his letting him out. I, I was going to say I want to get into Lawrence because well, we've that, covered that, Matt Goldstein and uh, Eddie Gallagher pretty in depth. Let's just start with who uh, First Lieutenant Clint Lawrence is well, and, and what well, he Lawrence, allegedly yeah, did. Eighty second Airborne. He was a new lieutenant. Well, just because I know we're going to run out of time here, um, but lieutenant. Um, he was a platoon leader. He had taken over a platoon that had been there, been in that area in in southern Afghanistan for a long for 
almost I think I want to say almost a year. So that to that that paratrooper, that 82nd Airborne Platoon, had known the lay of the land. They had very, and I say salty, that means very experienced uh, squad leaders, very experienced NCOs and senior NCOs on that platoon. He's taking over a new platoon. Bottom line, they went on a, a little patrol. They're moving into the town to do their counterinsurgency, which was basically winning at hearts and minds, going and speaking with the elders, showing their faces. Um, a motorcycle came in the area, uh, got close to the platoon, and he ordered to fire on that motorcycle, even though it wasn't part of the ROE as far as motorcycles. There was you were, you couldn't just light up a motorcycle if you saw it. And anybody that's worked in Afghanistan, there's motorcycles everywhere. They'll stack four deep on a motorcycle and drive drive down the road. But it, there's motorcycles. That he, there wasn't a radio. Nobody saw. Uh, at that time, the ROE was either had to have a radio or a gun. And then you could shoot, especially if it was – and, and especially threatening behaviors with those things. Didn't have either. His squad leader, one of his main squad leaders, and his NCOs were telling him as he's giving a command to a private to take out that motorcycle, they're on the radio as well because they're spread out. They're not in the area. They're actually on a patrol, so they're on a movement. Um, telling on the radio, don't shoot. Don't shoot. That's not a threat. And there gets to be a little bit of an argument on the radio from particularly one of the senior squad leaders and then the, the PL, Lawrence. Well, the PL was next to uh, – Lawrence was next to the private, and he was basically just, hey, you got – shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. And the private shot him and killed those two. They happened to be two senior elders and um, and really destroyed all the operations, all the parts and minds that they've been doing in that, in that area for, for close to that year. And um, came down to it that after the interview, they found that when they checked the bodies out, because they continued on with their operation, they moved through. Uh, they did check the bodies out. They found no no weapons, no radios, no bomb-making materials on them. Uh, later, they did find bomb residue on some of the fingers of one of the one of the um, uh, one of the guys they shot, but not at the time. And later, he was convicted based off the. Uh, also, the testimony of his squad and his platoon that was there with them convicted of murder and was sentenced to such. And um, what I have a problem here with, and different than different than Gallagher and, and even Goldstein, is that you had a new lieutenant and you had a senior squad there. And I'll tell all. And I was an officer. I was a Mustang. I was enlisted, and I became an officer. I would always tell the new lieutenants, when you take over a platoon, you listen to those squad leaders. You listen to that platoon sergeant, especially if they've been in the AO longer than you have, because they know what's going on. And when you hear the story about Lawrence, and again, it's all I, – I never met the man. I never met him. I don't know him. But it, it was another one where he it, – it sounded to me, reading his testimony, reading – and see, and then there was actually even a, a special on stars about it. If you want to watch, there's actually a series, a documentary series on stars about it, and you get to see him up front. He just sounded like he wanted to kill. He wanted to get – because he'd never been – It had a platoon. He was a first lieutenant at that time. He'd always been in the headquarters element. It, to me, it sounded like the typical headquarters guy that finally is getting out in the – getting out in combat, right? Getting out in – getting a platoon, and now I'm going to get my confirmed kill, and he did it. I think and he, he was found guilty. He had, uh, he had like nine members of his platoon testify against him. And that bothers me because that – and it wasn't just E3s and E4s. We're talking E6s. We're talking E7s. We're talking other platoon leaders of other platoons who had been in the area. When you have that much, 
that may, and that's respect. And you have respected squad leaders that say, no, this was wrong. I, I tend to believe those squad leaders. I will. Cause, and I, I, cause they know what's going on. They've been there longer. I read that and, he was only in the platoon for, I think five days and yeah, he was convicted yeah. of a separate crime on each one of those days wow. at trial. Wow. Um, yeah. because it was, it was the killing. It was also like intimidation, trying to intimidation stuff up. Yeah. And, and, with kids, with kids, intimidation with kids and guns and, there, there was, was an incident at one of the guard towers where he was telling, yeah, one of the the guy to pull in tower guard to shoot at children, yeah, yeah, to scare to scare them away. But I mean, and I I I I have been in Afghanistan. I've worked in Afghanistan for many years. I have a lot of respect, especially for the children uh, out there, and, and and most of those people out there, they 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 don't all hate Americans, guys. Yes, the Taliban does. Yes, there's remnants of Al Qaeda in there. Of course, there is. But no, I I looking at that and and. Being in situations not exactly but similar where I could have shot and I didn't made the right decision not to not listening to the guys that were been there that knew more than he did uh, this was wrong I were Gallagher I can say you know what I don't know I, I I don't have a problem with him being out because I don't know I really have no idea he, and he was um, he did go to trial and he was acquitted yeah. so he, he was actually fairness. he was in prison for a while yeah he was in Leavenworth for and I could be wrong guys it could have been 10 years I mean it was it was quite a few years <laughs> and and they just finally pardoned him along with the other three so I I don't think he should have fell in with the Goldstein and Gallagher I think this was completely separate I, I really do just because of the facts that were there and with you go back again with the PTSD, what I wanted to come back to and why I'm telling this is that by releasing Gallagher, there were some E3s and E4s on that squad, on that platoon that that are completely decimated because of this, because they thought they were doing the right thing. They thought that they were because they were changing that territory for the good. It would take them months. They were seeing that they were over there for something bigger, that they were helping that local community there, local Afghanis there, that, and they saw that that incident destroyed it all. You're talking and about, and them, you're talking about Lawrence. Yes, Lawrence. Yeah. I'm sorry, Lawrence. And they that them pardoning Lawrence may. <laughs> I hope they don't. I, I I just you know, and I didn't know much about them personally. I just knew this until I watched a few of them interviewed on stars and it, it, you have to take the media and even not TV, you know, you have to take that into consideration. But as an E3 seeing something like that, knowing it was wrong. And now the person that maybe they felt that was accountable for it, that they got justice for is now is saying, Nope, he's going to get pardoned. You've just created, you've, you, you, you're hurting. You're not helping. You're helping the rants, but you're hurting the other guys, those nine guys, those youngsters that were E3s and E4s. The president just hurt them. There's, he's basically saying, nope, we don't believe you. you but, the, but the narrative Bye. out there with some of these folks is that like, oh, those nine, you know, PFCs, they're all, you know, they're, they're like Hillary voters. They're, you know, they're like hipsters, you know, they're weaklings, you know, these millennial God. soldiers with their weak feelings. They're not, yeah. they're not tough enough for the fight. And it's like incredible to hear people say stuff and and things like that. I genuinely get the feeling like just the, what we've discussed over the past hour. I, I really find it unlikely, especially with the amount of things that he has to cover, that President Trump has heard all of this. I, I just, I, and he, he, he you know, I, I do care. believe yeah. the man is doing – he feels like he's doing the right thing by supporting the troops. I really do. I think he's getting some bad advice. Um, I, I uh, he, went, he went he around be, saying that he, he saved Eddie Gallagher from the deep state. 
Like he's clearly like hucking it up, you know, hot dogging it. But I think a lot of this is, you know, it's funny because I, like I said, I recorded some stuff a couple months back with Pete Hegseth Mm -hmm. and uh, Sean Parnell, who are both on Twitter unapologetically all for the pardoning of these three guys. Sean is currently running for Congress. And like, this is an issue that he's brought to the forefront. I think both of those guys, and it's not to say anything like offensive to them. This is just my perception are like masters at getting a message out there. Both of them, I feel, and I don't say this as a negative thing. I've said it to you guys in private. I don't care about saying it on the show because don't have a problem with either of them. But like they genuinely, to me, strike me as people who were created in a lab to be on Fox News. Like that's and and they're very good at putting out this message that these are patriots, these are great men. And it's almost like everything that we've said in the past hour, they don't even want the public to hear because it would screw up the messaging that they've put out there. That everyone who serves is a hero and it's about supporting our troops. And, you know, life is not black and white. There are mm-hmm. people who join the military for all types of reasons. There are great people who want to serve be a blank country. Track. Yeah. And, yeah. And, of course, just like any other group of people, just like if you talk about white Americans or black Americans or anything, you're going to have people in that community, just like veterans, who either through all these deployments, as you said, have become different people or are just not good people. Right. And, and you're you spot on. I, I know P. I, I'm friends with him. I, I think he's wrong in this case uh, with Lawrence. The other two, I, I will plead the fifth on the other two just because I, I, I you know, what? I, I just don't I, I don't know. I, there's you know, I, I shouldn't say I'll plead the fifth with Gallery. I, I think Eddie should enjoy what he's won and go away because yeah, I think yeah. he's just going to bring more pain on himself the more he's out there. He's won. Hey, you won, brother. You got your retirement. You, you got reinstated. Don't get in this public fi- – I'm, I'm just warning you as one that's got into it. Don't mm. get in this public figure thing. You don't want to be in there. He definitely already has. Sti- yeah, well, especially I, I, I know, I know there. You don't want that. I know man. that get the out. book is currently being written. So I, I'm, I'm, well, I, yeah, that, isn't that for I, and I can't, I can't say, I can't say bad things about it because that's what we did. Yeah, yeah, I, no. I wouldn't. I'm yeah, not. But you didn't. You wrote There's books about about your, you know, heroic things you've done, your failures, your, you know, I. I, I wrote about a lot of my screw ups. The Ranger yeah. Way is all about what I screwed up on. It I don't think either of your books. <laughs> well, I mean, Jack, you talk about your screw ups. You know, stuff that I didn't know you were going to write about in the book. Absolutely, both of you guys. But I, I don't think either of you wrote a book to sell a narrative about yourself as no you know i mean it's a totally different thing when we say guys writing books like there's a what's the reason that you're writing a book you know what i mean it's not uh, yeah, it's not that simple you're you're, you're right brother i it, it it but the other one the other the third one was other it's a primary reason it's it's eight other guys it has nothing to, it has little bits of me in there but it right, really right. it's the way it's like guys i have so many stories about great guys and people don't know about i have the opportunity because I'm, I'm, I'm not with Simon and Schuster. I'm with their competitor. Just to let you know, Hashtag is better. I don't care if Simon and Schuster. Hashtag is better. We still want your sponsorship, though, Simon and Schuster. Yes. And Hashtag. We want both. I really do, because I want Brad Thor on the podcast. And, and he's, he's going to come on. And now i got to talk to like the people there and be like, buy live reads, please. I, uh, I, know, I, I, I just wanted to say I, I agree with you on that, Chris. That, you know, look, Gallagher went in front of a jury of his peers and was acquitted. And like you said, man, maybe now it's time to ride off into the sunset. You know, you, you got your freedom. Uh, he's very fortunate in getting, you know, a uh, pardon and getting his rank back with direct intervention from the president. And, you know, I think he just retired from the Navy or he is yeah. retiring right now. So, I mean, it's like, 
hey man, time to go be with your family. I, I think yeah. so, especially yeah. with with the with the I don't know. You know, you and I even saying it. I know there's other veterans out there, and the guys, I don't really know what. I just think I just think your skeletons. If if there is something that you did wrong, and it can be, if the more you stay out in the public eye, it's they're gonna find out, and it will come out if you keep putting it out there. Yeah. Just like, yeah. well, look, that's exactly what happened to Goldstein. You did something wrong, brother. You were cleared of it. You were done, done. And you kept putting out there. And guess where you finally bit you in the ass when you went on Fox News and you admitted it? You should have just shut up and just yeah. went and rode off in the sunset. The same thing could happen. On the rants thing, I, I really feel like he just, by this decision, he may have saved Lawrence's life. But you just destroyed nine other guys' lives and whoever else in that platoon yep. that knew that that shoot was wrong. And any and, other soldier who's thinking about coming forward and saying, hey, I saw something that wasn't right. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, it's like, what good is it going to do? They're just going to get pardoned anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. I think it sets a dangerous precedent, man. And that's why I wanted to do an episode on this. And, you know, we'll have Jack back on to talk more fun stuff. But um, ra- <laughs> it was fun. We're yeah. having a good time. No, I, I agree. <laughs> but I was going to say, wrapping things up, because we only have a few minutes left, um, is I did want to mention, actually, I think something kind of fun. Remember I was saying to you that the most listened to uh, the audience that listens to the show most is Chicago. I love Chicago. Yeah. Best city in the it is got sorry new york sorry los angeles sorry san diego and denver chicago is the best city in the in the in the world and, and especially the united states i love chicago so the yeah. cool thing though with uh with soundcloud is they keep us updated on like where the biggest audiences are what countries have listened to the show and then now with spotify spotify actually tracks what music artists that listeners of the podcast listen to so no I way kinda, yeah i think it's pretty cool so i compiled all this um, currently, this is in order. The biggest audience is ranked by city of Battleline Podcast. <laughs> Lo- Los Angeles, Chicago. No Chicago is now second. Dallas, New York City, and then Miami. And it- then these are all of the countries that have listened to the show, which I think is really cool considering we're only we're on our sixth episode. So these are all the countries that have listened thus far. Canada, the UK, Australia, Germany, Portugal, South Africa, Brazil, France, Ireland, the Netherlands. Uh, I'm going to say, and I'm going to preface this. I know Puerto Rico is a province of the U.S. before someone fact checks me here. But, you know, it's ranked in there as a country. So Puerto Rico, Sweden, Korea, Israel, the Philippines, uh, Gibraltar, uh, the UAE, United United Arab Emirates. Um, yeah, that's all the countries that have listened wow. so far, which is pretty cool. You're international, man. Yeah. And- <laughs> And then the um, the five most streamed artists by our audience. You're going to like the first one. I already know. Five Finger Death Punch. They're awesome. I, I love Five Finger. I, I They may be. And they're, they're kind of that vet bro time. But oh, they're totally good. vet they're bro. They're freaking good. They're very good. They're, uh, but I love them. Dude. Yeah. I do. And, and uh, no, I know you're a big fan. I, I wish. Um, it's funny. I was going to say I wish that All That Remains was in here because you were in the video for Madness. Um, That's right. That's right. But, yeah, uh, that that was that was that was probably uh, I wasn't really at you, that time. That was a bad that was a low point in my life, too. So that wasn't really hard to do. That video was I, it's I, a powerful video, man. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I'll, so I'll say the rest off. Five Finger Death Punch, ACDC. That's pretty cool. Fall Out Boy, Blink-182, Post Malone. Those are the most listened to by our Dude, audience. Dude, I... I love Post Malone. I don't know people. I I think I don't, and I don't care about the guns. I know he's he's a, he's he loves guns, but I, I me and my daughter, I t- love Post Malone. I love 
I've been listening to. I, I'll put. I'll turn. Sorry, guys. I'll turn on Ariana Grande. That's the kind of guy. I, am. <laughs> I like Justin Bieber. I'll listen to Justin, Justin Bieber. Bieber has, I hate, he's got some I like fans. the Biebs. I don't care. The Biebs. <laughs> the Biebs. The Biebs got him and Ed Sheeran. That's even though it's an older song now. With the something about going to a party. Or, I forget the date. I love that song. I am him the same way. I love it. In that, like, literally, my iPod will go from like Slayer and the Acacia Strain to Gloria Estefan. And I don't give a shit. That's what I listen Dude, my, to. Do. My workout. I, I got five approve. finger death punch, and it goes right to Elton John. There yes. you go, guys. I got. And I'm not lying to you. I'm still standing. That's like that's a great song. You listen to the words, and it's it's. But El, El, and Elton John rocks. People can hate him. I don't care if he 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 kills it. Him, Queen. I love Queen. I love I love all that. I love George Michael. And so that's where I hope people don't pinpoint and, and those stereotypes out there in L.A. Guys. All us guys in the military, we love Five Finger Death Punch. We love our All That Remains. We love our ACDCs. But we also love our Elton Johns. We also love our fi- <laughs> uh, our George Michaels. And I also love my Michael Jackson. I got my Michael oh, Jackson MJ. on my R&B playlist, too. All new and old. So there you I, go. Yeah, don't, regardless, don't stereotype us either. I, I, you know, I hate this whole culture now where it's you know the cancel culture because of the stuff that came out about Michael Jackson. Oh, boy. As here we in, go. I was just going to say, as an artist— <laughs> I, I will never let that affect me from loving Michael Jackson. I mean, you put on You Are Not Alone. You put on any of that stuff, man. Smooth Criminal. I, oh, I don't think anyone doubts that he was, you know, he was a talent. Yeah, no, no yeah. I mean, I, but I don't like that now. How, um, did you see, I mean, oh, I'll cover this real quickly because we got to wrap up, but like our mayor, who I don't like, you know, de Blasio was criticized for like dancing to I Believe I Could Fly because they're like, do you really? know that's R. Kelly? And it's like, but it's a great song, man. You're yeah, saying you can't. I, I, uh, if, I mean, if, if you put on I Believe I Could Fly, I am going to sing along. I don't, you know, I know R. Kelly did terrible things, pissed on underage women. Well, you don't be not to make, uh, I mean, not to yeah, make anything funny of it. I mean, that's literally what he did, but he made great music. What, and what, what do you have? What kind of mental state did to be on to pee on somebody? That's just, I, I, but especially I get, I like underage songs, girls and then, and then film it. And be like, but that's not me on the tape. Hey, bro, I got the seat. I know that's not me. I love the Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I remember. That they did. I want a parody of it. You. But I, <laughs> hey, I got the I got the very first R. Kelly when he was with Public Announcement. R. Kelly Public Announcement. I got that CD. CD. It was mother. I love R and B. That was my first one of my first CDs. It's sitting down there with Shy. It's sitting down there with Key Sweat. It's sitting, <laughs> it's sitting down there with my Michael Jackson stuff. New Edition. When I, I listen to all that, but my Jamiroquai yeah, CD. I, I, Yes, yeah. cl- classics. Yeah, you're, you're. It's that's. I'm glad we're we're getting on a lighter note too. Because I, <laughs> I I was feeling like, man, we're we're really dark. People stuff, aren't going to yeah. laugh at this one. Went from Kate Hyde, which tells about upskirt stuff, and now we're yes. talking about. All but we, I had a lot of, stuff. I had a lot of fun with Kate Hyde on the show though too, because her whole thing too is that she likes to have fun with politics, you know. So she even yeah. talked about how when she was writing for American Military News, they wanted to write all these serious topics. And she's like, this isn't what I do. I write, like, funny shit on Twitter about, you know, like, I, I will always love her tweet that went viral where uh, Bounty was putting, like, you know, hashtag, like, women are strong on their paper towels. And and it was up on Twitter, and Kate High tweeted it out with, uh, finally, a company progressive enough to put women on cleaning products. Like, <laughs> that's Kate High. She thinks yeah. of really funny stuff like that. And she's, like, a pretty girl, and, you know, people dig it. She's got a, an awesome online presence because of it. And I even said that to her during the show, that, like, if a guy tweeted it out, it wouldn't get as much attention. But they're, they're like, oh, an attractive girl who's able to have fun with this and make fun of herself. I think people dig it. But, um yeah. Anyway, speaking of music, as we get out of here, you'll probably hear Mark Slaughter in the background. 
who gave us permission to use Never Given Up as the outro music. Intro music is by Jinx. The song is Fails. Um, but as we're wrapping things up, I got to let you know one last time, Fort Scott Munitions is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition. It's designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as directly online through www.fortscottmunitions.com. That's F-O-R-T. S-C-O-T-T-M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S dot com. Use exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and us, the the BATTLELINE podcast. And go check out Jack's live stream, which is the uh, team house on YouTube um, with Dave Park. 275 Ranger, that's... Peranto acceptable. <laughs> yes. And, and we, the next time Chris Thank is in town. That, yeah, the next time Chris is in town, it'd be cool to get him in Brooklyn and uh, do the live stream as well. And uh, yeah, follow Jack on Twitter at Jack Murphy RGR on Instagram at Jack McMurph. Pick up um, your book, Murphy's Law, which in terms of admitting failures and also successes, I mean, your book goes the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's all there. That's that's what I love about Rangers, bro. That that's the, the brotherhood of Ranger regiment is that all of us, we are all screw ups and we all have overcome our screw ups. I love regiment. We, we are fail left and right and nobody quit. And that's what I love. And nobody's afraid to talk about well, it. Just some of us have a, have a platform and it, it bl- we're blessed to have a platform to write about it. But I think, I think every Ranger, if they had the opportunity to write a book would say the same things well, that we all Chris, hate. We I, screwed uh, up so many times. We just look, look, I, I don't say this to like kiss ass on your podcast or anything, but I mean, <laughs> I, I was kind of inspired by you. Um, when I, uh, interviewed you on our podcast, me and Ian, and um and going to your book signing and meeting you and, and everything else because through what you were saying and what you were writing about i realized you know th- this was prior to me writing my book and i realized like okay this doesn't have to be a whole book of me just tooting my own horn and talking about how great i am you can talk about your dark periods in life and your failures and these these sorts of moments as well and kind of use those as teachable moments um oh, yeah. that you can share with other people and say like hey man like this is what happened to me. And like, maybe these are some things you could think about to avoid. Um, so you don't have to go through all this yourself. Um, so yeah, I I was really inspired by, Uh, by some of your work in that sense. Thanks brother. As X. And that's why two seven five leads the way. Right. (laughs) I love you, man. I appreciate you saying that. And, and for all those out there, just that is, it's, that's, it's, I think it's, it's relatable. It's relatable. We, we all doesn't make a difference who you are. What if you're in the special operations community or you're you're working a nine to five? We all could we all go through the same failures, and you, you just have to be able to overcome it. So right, how right. how do you manage to get over through those failures? Those are the ones that are successful, not the ones that 
I, I, we're just ungodly in, in how well they do things because it's not. It's how do we overcome once we hit that obstacle? And I, that's, that's what I was taught at regiment more than anything is that you can fail many times, but if you don't quit and you don't quit and right. you keep pushing yourself and learning and getting better, you're going to overcome it. But when you quit, okay, bye, you're gone. You're not, you're not regiment material, material. You're out of here. And so, and, and I, I respect that. I respect so many that people that I think look up to, you know, special operations guys and think we're like some kind of like supermen. Oh, and no. like, that's just not the case, man. It just isn't. No. And when people see me, that's why they ask, or they always say, I thought you'd be bigger. Just, <laughs> they look at me like, dude, you're like 5'8", 160. Yeah, yeah I'm just a little dude, I'm, and I'm shrinking more every year. So at least you're getting me now. So, but you're, you're spot on, bro. Yeah. You're spot no, people on. Say, and people say the same that. to me. They're like, I expected somebody that looked like John Cena. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> nope. I, I, the no, one guy like who Pee-wee probably... I was going to say when we get him on, I don't think anyone is ever disappointed when they meet Dale Comstock. I don't think oh, yeah. He's I exactly what you think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So anyway, we, we are pretty much out of time here. we got to get out of uh, the studio. Jack's daughter is getting antsy. I can tell. Oh, and, no. Uh, thank you. Tell her thank you for waiting on her daddy. That's awesome. That is you. awesome. <laughs> so uh, with that, follow us, as always, on uh, at Battleline Podcast on Instagram, at Battleline Pod on Twitter. If you like the show, leave us a five-star review, and we'll be back on Monday with an yeah. uh, all-new show. Uh, thanks so much for having me, guys. Appreciate thanks, it. Jack. Good to see you, brother. Take yeah. care of yourself. You too, man. That's all for this week's Battleline podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk, so make sure you're subscribed. And keep up with the show 24-7 on Facebook and Instagram at Battleline Podcast. Also on Twitter at Battleline Pod. As always, never quit.